and a cheeky channel. Like, could you imagine <laughs> <any> less gangster? <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Krusty's Third Nipple. The podcast is unnecessary Sue Gray's invitation to the next Tory piss-up. My name's Kieran and I'm joined as ever by Darren. Hello. And Tarek. Party time in the office. Let's go for it. <laughs> I'm as working we, it. As we review my favourite movie by my favourite actor, The Grand Budapest Hotel by Wes Anderson. For that, there will be the usual recommendation and Tarek is did promise a quiz, but then he said he's got something slightly different up his sleeve, so we'll wait to see that. Uh, the reason we're doing my favourite movie by my favourite director, and the reason we're back on the old Zoom call is we are joined by my favourite mucker, Amy Shelton. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Amy, Amy. <laughs> How's Aberdeen held up during these storms? Do well, because I had to go to work today, apparently, so yeah. <laughs> any... any <laughs> Any flying like trampolines or no, sheep, no. sheep? Trampolines. Flying trampolines. Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, none, nothing exciting like that. Nah. To be honest with you, I wish there was because I was hoping to be off work, but no. Nah, and I was hoping living up in Aberdeen that you you get off if there's a wee snowflake, but not this time. Guess the sheep are pretty tied down up there, are they? Yeah, by the farmers. <laughs> 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 Right, so what have you got in store for Tarek, or is that going to be kept for part two? Oh, well, wait, we'll, we'll definitely not a week quiz. A week quiz. You get your heads, you get your scratch in your head. I did share with the, the group chat, uh, the mates group chat, that Brandon had his first driving lesson yesterday. <laughs> and uh, so, just done 70, uh, 17 in August last year, but it took away ages to get his driving with, uh, his provisional through. It was like a three month backlog because of COVID and everything. And then finally got it through, then it was into Christmas. And then just trying to get some, trying to get an instructor, it was just a nightmare. So he finally got his lesson. So his instructor changed the time three times. And before he went, I was like, Brandon, see if this boy keeps messing about. I've had it with him. He's done. We'll just, we'll just call it quits and we'll just find somebody else. So he went away. <laughs> Our lesson came back 45 minutes. I said, what? What's going on? How are you, how are you back so quick? Ah, oh, um, uh, kind of messed up a wee bit. I said, what do you mean? I said, burst his tyre. Well, I've never drove in the dark. He took us out onto the main roads, never been on the main roads. Um, and it was dark and I tried to change gear or I was trying to do something and I just went right into the curb and then boof, I went. I was like, oh, he was kind of on his way to coming home. So the guy got out, tried to fix it because he had one of the foam things that he just put on the tyre to blow up. And he just said to Brian, he's like, it's happened a million times, don't worry about it, I'll take you home. So he brought him back to me, brought him back home, and then Brandon came in and he told me the story. I was just like, fine, just go upstairs and we'll just find it, we'll get another lesson bit later. And then about half an hour later, all I hear is this big racket outside. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And there's a tow truck coming because the guy couldn't fix his tire. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did not know that he was out of the house. I would have went outside and offered him a cup of tea. The guy was just walking just sitting, sitting outside in his car waiting for the tow truck to come, pick him up and take him away. And Bradley's just left the scene of the crime, just <laughs> walked off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I First time I fucked off. See you next week. I don't think I'd go back to that boy. I don't think I could go back. Same for life. What's a cribby? What's a cribby? <laughs> right, Daz, what have you got for us? What have you been recommending this time? Oof. Well, um, there's a, the, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, me and yourself were kind of debating which film to watch, and we ended up sitting on um, Captain Phillips. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the other film we were debating was watching LA Confidential. Right. With um, who was it? I think it was a, uh, it was Kevin Spacey, and this guy, guy Pierce, and some other um, forgot his name. But basically, there are three different policemen Russell from kind of different walks in life. Russell Crowe, uh, that all kind of work around the same police department in LA. And you know, Kevin Spacey is kind of like more of a socialite than a policeman. He's more into like kind of the fame side of it and like the, the press. And then you got this uh. Like Pierce is the more straight and narrow guy, but he kind of rubs people the wrong way. And Russell Crowe is more like just a brute. But they both get, they all three of them get tangled in this like conspiracy, and they all have to try to figure it out and work together or work against each other. And it's it's, it's quite good movie in the way that's kind of like free flowing and things change, and you don't never really sure how one relationship's going to change from one scene to the next, and. You know, there's corruptions, there's cover-ups, and there's killings, and it's pretty good because it just kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat for the whole film. That was done back in the nineties, was it? I believe so. Yeah, ninety-eight. This is the benefits of being on Zoom. I've just got everything at my fingertips here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, won two Oscars as well. Kim Basinger yeah. won Best Actress in a Supporting Role, and won Best Writing. I heard a lot about this movie, but I've just never got around to watching it. I don't, I don't know what, what just kept stopping. But, was it? but it, it, it feels like a breeze, honestly. It's brilliant. I yeah. think it like stands the test of time as a film, like because it has mm. everything you need by like that kind of film you would say, Darren. Like it's got suspense, it's got the good characters, and even mm. though like this the fashion's a wee bit outdated, it's bloody brilliant. Guy Pierce is just a fantastic actor. Yeah, and it's just it's just stylish enough to keep it from being too dated as well. Cheesy, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tarek, you come on mine and watch it, it as well. Yeah, Dan DeVito's in it. But Tarek, you come on mine and watch it because I've got it on the list to watch. I thought me and Darren were going to save it. He's, he's shot ahead without well, me. So. Uh, you've been well, I've been busy this, this past two weeks, so I'm like, oh, I'll need something for the podcast. I had to dig. They, so they have a bag of tricks. Then. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm struggling as well. Sorry, Amy? Have you not seen it? No, no. Oh, nah. good grief. Do you even yeah. call yourselves kids <laughs> through the 90s? <laughs> oh, here's Darren. What do we call ourselves? Oh, yes. Like, amateur hour. What was I doing in the 90s that I couldn't find uh, a couple of hours to watch an early confidential? That's good then, right? So I, I'll. You'd watch it again, though, would you, Daz? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant film. Right, I'm going to go for uh, Ozark. 
that's what I've been watching. Uh, mm. Very late to this, but the reason I kind of, it's been on the list for a while, but the reason I went for it is there's a new season out. So I thought, better, right, could take, could take my start at it since it's going to be kind of like out there in the zeitgeist. Uh, so I've not finished season one yet, so there's not going to be major spoilers for me. Uh, what about you guys? I've heard uh, about it, but never felt the need to watch it. Right. Yeah, I'm very agreed with it. And does um, mid-season? Uh, no, you, you, you've you've talked to me a, a bit about it, right. but I haven't seen it. Yeah, right. So it's a crime drama, kind of thriller thing. Uh, basically, it's a, a two two guys are like partners in a financial advisors, and it turns out that they're laundering money for a, a drug kingpin. Um, and one thing leads to another. Um, one of the guys, the main guy, has to keep doing it and has to do it on like a grand scale to keep alive. So, moves his family to from Chicago to the Ozarks, which I don't know exactly where it is, but it's uh, down south anyway. Uh, and just try and invest in many struggling businesses as he can and try and launder as much money as he can. Um, runs into local drug dealers, runs into local uh, crime families, and all this sort of shit. But it sounds like over the top in that, and but I think it's got a real kind of uh, Breaking Bad feel to it because it's, 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 it's quite grounded. It's quite grounded. The whole family. Breaking Bad for a family. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, they become like they all end up knowing about it, like after pretty early on, and I think they end up knowing what he's doing. Um, and it's about them accepting it, trying to make new lives, and then deal with obviously the impending fucking. Uh, run into with these or these these drug gangs and shit. So really good. I'm sure um, it's that, um, that either wrote, wrote or produced it as well. Um, yeah, I think he's a director and executive producer, according to Wikipedia. Um, yeah, pretty good. I see. If you did all that, you'd make yourself out to be a bit like you know the star of the show, like really intelligent or really brave in that. Mm-hmm. But he's no. He's kind of just normal. He fucks up and. Uh, other rest of it, and it makes them uh, believable, makes them realistic, and uh, like you do empathize with them. But also, right. like, I think the characters mm. are quite well written too, because um, there's nobody that's like one dimensional sort of thing, they all seem to be given room to grow and changing that. So, nah, mm. I'm enjoying it so far, really. How many seasons is there? So, f- the fourth one's just been right, okay. there. Oh, ten, ten episodes. Uh, See, four I could cope with, but see when I'm behind on a season, I'm like, oh, I might watch it. See if it's like on the 13th season, I'm like, oh, nah. Ah, it's, it's, it's hard there. Eh? Yeah. Game's up the pole, it's too far gone. I also but worry I if it goes on that long, how could it? How can it sustain itself? I can't. Yeah. You'll just get this stupid, yeah. weird, kind yeah. of mundane type of episodes that you're yeah. just no one... Even if you try and binge watch that, it just merges all into the exact. Yeah, yeah. And then you have whole seasons that could just be skipped. Yeah. I feel like yeah, if if you're if a show goes on that long, the only chance it does have a chance of getting new viewers. Essentially, the only reason you're watching it is because you've watched in the past, Mm -hmm. and it's continuing, so you're continuing to watch it. One thing I would say that breaks that rule is Sopranos, though. I would be able to watch that anytime. <laughs> I was I've had so many recommendations of that. I need to watch it. But... No, I just I feel it's like it's if if it's if it's not on like a streaming service or something like that, it's 
really hard to like to watch a TV show because even if you do it, if you do find it somehow, not uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> giving any uh, thoughts but that positive or negative, but if you do manage to get your hands on it, it's like it's just seasons of it. It's not yeah. just one two-hour thing. You can even you're in it. It's like you're like in the you can't get out. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we, uh, we had box sets, yeah. DVD box sets where we were able to kind of start binging. And that's when I, I really saw Channel 4 growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then, then Do they have weeks. it actually? Check all four. Do they not have it? More four, even. I think it's Sky Atlantic. Or, I think it's um, on now TV or something. Your books. All right. Mm. There'll be a Sky kind of box set and you'll have to grab. Oh yeah, so oh, it's yeah, an HBO series, but you might have to pay for it. Yeah. But then, the wire first. Oh, I was what I said. The wire, like the wire, hmm. should be the benchmark, right? If you if you're going to be more than five seasons, it better be uh, up there. So, Sopranos was six. Right. So yeah, that's not so too bad. I only started right. watching the wire a couple of years ago, and it was because of that thing, like. I just missed it totally. Everyone was going on about it at the time. And then probably it just me. Too, it was probably too far gone. But then I think lockdown or something, we started watching it and I was like, that was it. I was there invested. Oh, yeah. you finished that? Oh, in about in a hot minute. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bloody brilliant. Like, I felt like going to that guy's funeral last year. What was his name? Michael somebody. Oh, yeah. Omar's. Omar coming, yeah. Michael yeah. Williams. I was there with him, yeah. like, grieved for the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Omar's coming, Omar's coming. Omar's coming. <laughs> yeah, Michael K. Williams. That's it. Yeah. Right, okay, Amy, what have you got for us? A recommendation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got two, like, I've got a TV programme I've been watching and a book I've been reading. Yeah. Both things, but TV program, and this is an old one as well. I've been re watching with Tom is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hey. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> like, genuinely, still hilarious to this day because it's just a comedy about how awkward he is as a man. And he plays it so easy because he is that awkward man. But some of the things that makes you cringe and laugh and just once but how all like unbelievably funny have you spoke about this before mm-hmm. maybe just in passing but, yeah i think yeah. i mentioned yeah. that in a documentary thing yeah. um a couple, of, a couple of months back oh, have you seen um, that that's that's good because that kind of brings into the cover of your enthusiasm have you seen uh, that oh, uh, oh, on you go tell again I, ca- I can't remember the name of it though that's the thing it was about it was about uh, a murderer that said that he was at a baseball game. Oh, sorry. Somebody, a person who was um, arrested for a murder and he said that he was at the baseball game and it was the same day that Curb Your Enthusiasm was getting recorded. Mm. So it kind of, we had to go back through all this video evidence and then we could see that he was actually there. Oh, right. um, oh Christ, what was it called? Actually, just this um, week, it's so funny, like, because Cheryl, the... The woman that plays his wife and then ex-wife, so she must be married to some sort of governor in America. But this husband of hers has come out saying this ridiculous thing about the Holocaust, like really anti-Semitic. Mm. He's had to come out and say 
like my husband's views do not reflect my own and stuff like that. I was like, it's just dead weird because you never see her. Like she was in Curb Your Enthusiasm years ago, but then you never see her. And now all of a sudden, yeah, like really, it's called Long Shot. Long Shot. It's only it's only on for about forty minutes. It's yeah. a great forty minutes. Oh yeah, it's just it's just tremendous. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it could be on Netflix. Yeah, I'm sure I watched it on Netflix. Right. Do you oh, know the Do you know the episode where he's at the baseball? You, have you seen that one? He, it's about when he uh, he wants to use the carpool lane, so he picks <laughs> so he picks up a hooker, right? Just so he can drive in the fast lane, where so he can get to the baseball game on time, and he ends up taking her to the baseball game, and she wants popcorn, so he has to go and buy her popcorn. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I've not seen that one again. The one that I watched recently, he was like at a baseball game and he stretched out his legs and tripped over the star player, so everyone was hating him. But it's just wild, like, <laughs> just wild, wild comedy. But Marley, how can you get into these things? He would like get away, <laughs> only he would get away with it. But some of them, it's like because there's one he goes to a pool party, and it's a guy that he's working with to like start this restaurant up. And they're at the pool party and he sees this guy's son um, getting changed out of the pool. And he's like, they're all looking like this Hi, Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh-huh. a huge penis. And he's just like amazed by it. And um, so he, like next time he sees this guy, he's like, your son got a wonderful penis. And it's like, <laughs> the guy's dead offended. But it's like, you could see how yourself would get into these scrapes, but he just has no cut off. But it's absolutely no hilarious. <laughs> I'm actually amazed, like, nowadays, it's not been, like, hauled up as being racist or he said something that was bad, you know, like, because maybe the comedies... Have yeah, I know. Especially, bad. well, I don't know if, if there's going to be any racist ones. Well, I suppose, like, there's loads that are, eh? Yeah. But the whole season with the Blacks is just hilarious as well. Oh. So that's probably where it peaked for me. Yeah. It's so funny. And he's yeah. got his black housemate who's just the stereotypical black guy. With a yeah. big willy and just play it. Like, <laughs> so funny. And then my other recommendation is a book. So I've been reading Shuggy Bane. Kieran, you'd say you'd heard of it. Yeah. Yes. So this uh, was this guy's um, first novel, wasn't it? It's, yeah, it's excellent. And I think it's also a wee bit like autobiographical. So it's about a wee boy called Shuggy Bane growing up in Glasgow like govern area and like that's like a new scheme that was meant to take these these families and these people out of poverty but just plunged them into poverty because Maggie Thatcher's government took away um industry and then the guys didn't have a purpose the women turned to drink and all this so it's just basically like a story about Shuggy Bane and um like how the relationship he has with his mum and how much he loves his mum but she's an alcoholic and it's just totally troubled but it's it's such a fab book and it's not often I get a book where I can't like put it down because I'm more into tv and even podcasts but it's so like heartbreaking but just great at the same time and it's really like you could tell the the person that wrote it is like born and bred Scottish because like all these similes and everything it's like all dead Scottish things and you're like oh I totally understand that but it's just a fantastic book it's really, really good. And it's not depressing, though. I think, like, because even when it's got depressing bits in it, it's got love in it. And it's just all about how these families have a hard time, but what's at the core of it is just, like, 
loving and understanding. It's just a, a brilliant book. You need to read it. Yeah, so, they say that I find it fascinating that they say that everybody's got like a, a book in them or a book mm. idea or something. And this guy just went about his life and then eventually did write a book and it won the Booker Prize, which is like the best oh. book of that year. Yeah. Uh, get, uh, put the, oh, a book in English. Any author, uh, any nationality for a book in English and published in the UK or Ireland are uh, eligible for that award and he won it. Yeah. His first one, so. He dedicated uh, it to his mum and I think it's almost like, because I listened to a podcast where he was talking about this and his mum was an alcoholic, but it was just about how she had this disease, but she always loved him and was a good mum and the only way she could be, but she was just like ravaged by a city and a political structure and a disease kind of thing. So at the start of the book, it's, he dedicates it to her. And it, I think he, it's like the initials he gives is the same initials as the mum in the book. Um, but no, I also like it because as a feminist, all the women are just hard workers and whatever, and the men seem to be arseholes. I don't know. I'm <laughs> feeling the fire then. But I think he's a gay man as well. I, I'm getting vibes that he might be a gay man, and as like there was so shuggy the wee boy, I think would be a gay person, and is growing up in Glasgow where that's not okay, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's biographical. Biographical. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, on you go, Tarek. What's your one? All right. So, um, so when we're talking about long takes, um, yeah. a few episodes back with uh, Hacksaw Ridge and a few other children of the men. That was it. Um, so I went and someone. Uh, I pinged up on some type of feed, um, and it was a boiling point. You heard of this? This oh. just came out the last year, tail end of last year. The, the chef. Um, yeah, Stephen Graham. I'm so up for watching this. Oh, this is uh, I, I've watched it a couple of days ago, really? and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good. So it's one long take movie. So it's an really? hour and a half long take. Yes, Stephen Graham. I would not have long take. I mean, that was that was me. I was coming. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, gimme, gimme, gimme. So he's a struggling chef. Um, it's all kind of features around uh, one night at Christmas time, around the Christmas time in a restaurant. So as soon as I said that to Izzy, um, we both worked in hospitality. We we're just like, yeah, let's let's kind of see what it's like. Let's see if it brings brings up any in the memories of that type of. And it does. It's great. Um, it starts with him kind of just walking to work and then just kind of goes all the way through this one night. Um, apparently, they were meant to do it eight takes of it, um, but then because of COVID, they dropped it down to four. So they only done it four times, and this was and the one that was kind of sanctioned was the third one. Right. Um, that's, so there's that's... A, so the third yeah third attempt. It's great. There's, um, different people in the, that are coming in for their meal. So there's um, somebody coming in for a proposal. There's critics, his best mate, who's a new uh, TV celebrity chef. Um, there's Instagrammers, racist fuckwit that's in the corner. <laughs> uh, but it's just a way that they kind of zoom in on one person and then you kind of 
you get to know what their story is and then uh, just a quick wee conversation and you're moving across to the next person that takes you along with them so that they can reset the set or do whatever else they need to do um you can kind of, you can almost see that or feel that that's happening in the background um and it's just yeah it's really good it does take a wee bit to kind of to build up the character storylines and because because of that fact you're not able to just simply splice them um but it was yeah Where really is really good. uh oh i think maybe well, he's got his Scots accent, so I, and I can't remember if there was there was a Scottish guy. I could be, I'm not sure if it's set in Liverpool. It's in England anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, 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 no idea. The amount of the amount of work, and to to plan all out, but not only to that to like conceive it and realize this is going to take all day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like even to think out and say, okay, mm. this is how many takes we can possibly do of this. I don't know how you, you know figure what? that out. Yeah. Then do it. Because well, <laughs> yeah. I watched that interview with him after it. He just said, look, I just had a, had it in my head as it's a play, it's a play, it's a play. We'll just set it as a play, and then we'll just go for it, and then they just kind of wow. work through it that way. He's brilliant. But yeah, oh yeah, oh he's he's brilliant in this because yeah he's. That's Stephen Graham. <laughs> no, is there anything he's done that he, he wasn't brilliant? I was supposed to say, uh, I think all of his things have been recommended. <laughs> uh, here at one point, yeah. yeah. This is England. Um, um, what was the... Oh, Time? Uh, time, and then there was uh, one with uh, Cromer as well. Uh, save Me. Uh, uh, save, uh, save Me, that was also one that we were talking about. But yeah, he's... Yeah. The boy can do no wrong. <laughs> um, being spoken about on the radio, this was like one morning going to work, and it was a like a owner of a restaurant, one of these Michelin-starred restaurants, or a head chef or something. And the interviewer was asking, "Is it realistic? Is that actual life like?" And she was saying, "Absolutely, it is. It really captures how intense and stressful that job is." And yeah, yeah. I, I totally see it. Like when I was a HE teacher, the hospitality industry was totally pushing to get young people into careers in that industry. But genuinely, because it's so high pressure and so stressful like that, like it's it's not for the faint hearted and it's gotta be something that you love. That's how they're struggling to get chefs, because it is a brutal, brutal job. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean the vast majority of the chefs I know are all uh borderline alcoholics. I mean, they, they need to drink through their shift and then as soon as their shift finishes, they just hit it straight away. They I, all I, eat shite when they get home. Every pot, chef noodles. Is a pot noodles and beans on toast when they get home. It's really not a classy life. Oh, exactly. Because, because they can't be bored cooking or um, because they've just been stuck in the kitchen all day. Um, but no, it does give a really good depiction of That um, must like added to the like the fuck up possibilities when you're like an hour into it, you know, if everything's uh-huh. like boots mm-hmm. on the go and everything's getting hot and fucking cookers and stoves and all this sort of There's, shit. Uh, you yeah. can see that they're, they're definitely cooking away in there as well. And stuff like that. And you can see that the lamb they've cooked is pink in the middle and it's just kind of cooked on the outside. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just like, 
very, very well done. Tarek, one question. How starving were you after you watched it, though? Uh, no, I had I had a big bug. Uh, um, I can't watch cannot watch any programme about food being made without being starving. That's why I had to stop watching Masters. <laughs> like, it's unfair, it's torture. It's actual torture. Much I, I, do, I do get like that sometimes. A packet of Watsits doesn't really cut it when you're watching yeah, pink. You get, like get like a cracker and then some cheese and some, and then you're actually producing something while you're making it and you feel well, like I you're need... a master chef as you raise above your cheddar cheese and olive and whatever else you've got in your cracker. One of the last times I agreed to watch Celebrity Master Chef was fuck all in the house and I had to make do with two hot dogs cooked on a plate. And it gave me a wee bit of the bulk and it just put me off for life and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> things like uh, Sunday Sunday brunch or whatever they're called, they're like the best and the worst things on the TV at that oh. time of day. Because on a Sunday you're hanging out your arse and all you uh, want is like just lie there. Like, you're you're eating your cold pizza for last night <laughs> and you're watching this beautiful food getting made just the advert on the tv for it and you really like <laughs> started to question Snoop dog one your priorities oh, yeah. <laughs> like choking on dry cereal with your dry mouth just not where you want to be on a sunday how many as good as that person look what he can do <laughs> <laughs> terrific so hey that was good so i'm going to watch yeah. la confidential i'm going yeah, to watch boiling point watch. And uh, Corb's back on, like, season 11 uh, is, is so uh, it's on my kind of list to watch, but I've got so many comedies on the go. I'm watching uh, Community, which was recommended by Andy Weir. I'm watching uh, Sonny with Dan. And mm-hmm. these have got, like, honestly, what, 20 seasons or something like in the region of that? Crazy Some Between things. them, yeah. And um, what's the other one? Oh, well, me and Dan started another one. Uh What's it called again? It's called Staged. Staged. It's uh, Staged. basically. Yeah, I talked about that a couple of um, last year, I think it was. Yeah. Is that, um... that kind of rings a bell, but I did forget all about that. Me and Dan have seen a few yeah. of the episodes, yeah. Ah, it was good. Where they're just doing it all, all, all over Zoom. Zoom, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, won't I be, I won't be introducing uh, Curb uh, in my life anytime soon. No. Well, season one. Interestingly, we watched that latest season of Curb first and then decided to go back and watch all the old ones. Ah, okay. Larry David looks much better older than he does younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so weird watching them all, like, older. It's just mental how different... It's funny as well, because he still gets the girls, eh? Because, like, him and Cheryl split up about season fucking five or something. Doesn't really slow him down. (laughs) He's circumcised and a millionaire. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) And on that bombshell. (laughs) Tarek, are we going to stop for this quiz? Let's let's stop for the quiz then, mate. Um, On that bombshell. On that bombshell. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are on to the Wes Anderson quiz for the uh, three amigos that we've got on uh, on the podcast today. So we've got Kieran, Dan and Amy, 
Um, I think we're going to go Kieran, Amy, then Dan for the way that we're going to do this. We can we can do it two ways. Okay. We can either fire five questions at one person, or we can just do one question each, and then uh, continue on to next. You, Quizmaster. You decide. Right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll just go question each, and then we'll move on. So yeah, no, let's go for it. So. The way this quiz is going to work, nice and easy. Ish. <laughs> so, uh, so Wes Anderson does like to have his regular actors coming back into a lot of his movies. So I've got a list of the, the top 13 actors that tend to come into his movies. So I'll just run these through, okay? So we've got uh, Angelique Houston, Tilda Swinton, Ed Norton, Andrew and Luke Wilson, so there might be 14 actors. William Defoe, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Adrian Brody, Bob Baladan, Kumar Palana, <laughs> Jason Swartzman, Owen Wilson, and Bill Murray. I thought I've you were going to put an Indian there for a minute. I was got a wee bit way late. Are these 14 actors? I thought that was going to be the question. I know. <laughs> but no, you just, you just give us the answer. Right, so all you need to do is tell me if one of Wes Anderson's regular actors are in this movie. So it's true or false. So we'll start with Kieran first off. So if you've read out the 14 actors, you've got to tell me if they were in this movie. Cool. Yeah, like if, e oh. if any of them were in the movie you're waiting to mention, I'll say true. Right, yeah. Okay, go. Right, true or false? You, you're just going to say true all the time. No. <laughs> right. So, first one is Adam's family. True. 100% true. 100% true. Who do you think? Uh, the first thing you say is Angelique. Angelique Houston. Yeah, Angelica Houston, that's her name, isn't it? Yeah, Morticia. Yes. Don't correct, correct. Well done. Well done. Right, so Amy, you're next up. Birdman. Birdman? Birdman. Comedy. This is brutal. I know, I know, it's hard. Never warned me about this. Do your homework. Um, yeah, Owen Wilson, just guessing. Owen Wilson? You're wrong with Owen Wilson, but you're right that there was someone, an actor in it. Anybody want to give a hazard a guess? Ed Norton. Ed Norton, yes. Right, actually, sorry, I should have said this. Make sure your <laughs> IMDb's are off, because darn, I'm pretty sure I've seen something in your glasses reflection on this. Uh, I'm so not on IMDb, thank you. Uh, hands in the air when you're doing this. <laughs> so you just have to say who it is. Oh yeah, yeah you like don't have to. Uh, well, it's fun to see. <laughs> right, yeah, for yeah. God's yeah. sake! No, I'm not having this. We need to know the criteria first and foremost because I. Is Amy just? Amy just got a point. Amy still got points. They're always in his Like I've just lost on a. 
technicality. Oh, no, you got a point there, Amy. That's fine. You said yes, I... um, but you See? didn't say the right outcome, so it's fine. Right, okay. It's okay. right. true or false. It's true. Okay. Right. Point eight score. Right, so Darren. Darren. Save and five of Ryan. Yes. Ah, uh, dear. See, I haven't seen that film before. I'm I'm going I'm going to say no. No. He's more than all actors that are in Saving Private Ryan. You no, I haven't seen it. There's none. Yes. No in Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> As well. I wasn't expecting Owen Wilson or Bill Murray to be on the battlefield, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> right, Kieran, back to you. Black Hawk down. Probably, but... All I can see is Willem Dafoe, but that's that's Platoon, is it? So, I hope we've not spoiled one of your later answers. <laughs> No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say false. False? Well, I called them. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Get out there. Right. <clears throat> right. Amy, back to you. Mm-hmm. Independence Day. Jeff Goldblum, too. Uh, um, 100 million percent. <laughs> As the Irishman. Okay, so that's well, no, Irish. Oh no, Dad's the Irish. Yeah. Let's get Roger Angel Pushy. See, I'm blanking on the names that you gave us earlier, but uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, sorry, Daz. You've got Harvey oh. Keitel in the Irishman. That's why I was Who's thinking Harvey of. Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. Harvey Keitel. Your man from Reservoir I... Dogs. No. Yep. Yeah. Which, which okay. dog? Which dog? Mister Wonder coming. Nice. I'm going to Google it now. No, he's not one. He he's the he's the one that that, uh, that sticks up for the mole, Darren. The whole yeah. time. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the Irish one was three hours long. I'm not remembering Carter. I love it. Like, over the years. Right, okay, I will. Succession. Succession? Oh, good question. Ooh. Good question. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not in the, uh, like, immediate... Like family, he's not. They're not part of the entourage. Mm. Yes, Adrian Brody. Oh, the boy's done well there. Well done, Rich. Very, very I would not. Nice. Have, I would have said true, but not known who it he's was. He's a shareholder. Uh, yeah, that was that was well played. Good question. Uh, over to you, Amy. Peaky blinders. Now, there is some American in Peaky Blinders, is there not? I think true. You think true? Yeah. 
You are correct. Woohoo! Yeah. Adrian Brody. And Adrian Brody again. Oh. Yeah, 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 he was in the Everywhere. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Stick his nose into everyone's show. Yeah, exactly. What a nose he's got. Love it. Right, does. Word of War. <clears throat> I don't know that film. Oh. Our show. Is that a TV show or a movie? It's a movie, it's a movie. World of War, it's about a uh, gun runners. Nick, Nicholas Cage. Ah. It's Nick, got a, Nick Cage. It's got a great opening sequence. We've spoke about it before. It's kind of like the, the yeah, journey of Aaron, whilst you're uh, thinking, I've got a question to ask Tarek. Is that a fine tip drawing pen or is that a thick tip drawing art pen? Thick tip pen that I just stole from the kids um, drawing. Oh, your colouring needs. Exactly. <laughs> just on uh, your Zoom call. <laughs> get ready to draw a big X because I'm going to say true. <sighs> Sorry, Daz. There's no, none of them are in love the world. That uh, was a hard one for you because you hadn't seen it. I've never heard of that film before. Oh, it went down the IMDb wormhole. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, back to Kieran. Yeah. Red. Uh, is this the kind of retired... The yeah, right. I've not seen it, but... Okay, well, let's think who could be one of the old guys. Uh Harvey Keitel could be, Bill Murray could be, but it strikes me as like an action thing. Ah, still, you need a bit of comic relief. I'm going to say yes. No. Ah. no, no. You fucked it. No, fucked it. Game's <laughs> <laughs> <Aims> over. Okay. <laughs> right. Over a uh, zombie land for you. Zombie? Bill Murray? Oh. Legend that is. The legend that is Bill Murray. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Expendables. Expendables. Mm-hmm. It's a big cast. Well, it's mostly just action heroes, but I don't know. I, I Outside of, you know, like, Esther Stallone. I would drive... But no, I I'm just thinking like outside of the the main kind of headliners, like I don't know anyone, so there might, there might one of them might be like a villain, but well I think I've said true for the last couple of times, so I'll say true again. Probably probably be wrong, but said to my gun still works. Yeah, no, none of them, none of them were in that bit. No, right. Right, Kieran, up to you. Right. Ocean's Eleven. The George Clooney one. Oh. Okay, yeah. Not the fucking, <laughs> not the fucking Rat Pack one. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I did check that as well. Of course you did. Of This should be an obvious one. Daz, do you know? Just say it if you know or not. Uh... 
give him any clues. No, uh, no, I'm not I'm thinking no. I'm thinking yeah. no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Living. Mm-hmm. They're correct. Yes. Oh. Well done, Kev. Cheers. I, I think I, there was a bit of trivia that I think one of the Wilson brothers or something like that were, were going to be in it. They were going to be the, the annoying brothers. So that's what I think that was the trap there that they were going to be, but yeah, weren't. they um, would have fit that very well. Uh, <laughs> I think that's. Tiny battle with Sansa. I think they went and done the uh, the uh, Royal Tenenbaums instead. I think. Oh, that was another thing as well when we did that, wasn't it? That some people were filming Ocean's Eleven, so they couldn't mm. do that. Uh, it kind of yeah, went yeah. the other way as well, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So I think anyway. I need you to fuck up, Amy. Yeah. You need to fuck it's up happen. here. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a. Hybrid question as well, so that's cool. Right, um, the Chronicles of Narnia. For me. For you, Amy. Hilda Swinton. Ben, knocked out the fan. Holy, holy. Yes, she is. Just to finish it off, does like, the live action jungle. Oh, um, this has got Bill Murray. Is oh, Baloo right. there? Yeah. Well done, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, so the scores on the board. Yeah. I did not know this. Well, it's the, it's the live action one, not the. Uh... Yeah, the live action yeah. one. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, uh, Dan, third place with two points. Kieran, fourth, <laughs> uh, fourth, and Amy has taken it. With five points, uh, five out of five, actually. Well oh, played. Anyway. Done. Aye. Goes her with Anderson. Yeah. And There's a little uh, celebration reaction for you, anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> you just made my night. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> also, what's made my night is I do fuck all else but sit in and watch the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, terrific. Boy. Right, so let's get... Oh, yeah, more. maybe you get to pick the, pick the next thing out of the bag, but we'll oh, probably vir- do it. Virtually pick the, the, yeah, out the, the bag of recommendations. Right, but first, let's get that main main course here. Wes Anderson, Grand Budapest Hotel, let's do it. Why do you want to be a lobby boy? Who wouldn't? At the Grand Budapest, sir. And so my life began. Junior lobby boy in training under the strict command of Monsieur Gustav H. Many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him. I love you. I love you. She was dynamite in the sack, by the way. She was 84. Mm, I've had older. This was also when I met Agatha. She's charming. She's so charming. Is he flirting with you? Yes. I approve of this union. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian. The police are here. You can't arrest him simply because he's a bloody immigrant. Take your hands off my lobby boy! (laughs) 
Have you ever been questioned by the authorities? Yes, on one occasion. What, what, what? I was arrested and tortured by the rebel militia after mm -hmm. the desert uprising. Right. Well, you know the drill then. Zip it. If you're not merely being polite, but if genuinely does interest you, may I invite you to dine with me tonight? And it will be my pleasure, indeed, my privilege to tell you my story. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be reviewing the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought it would be something uh, different, to be I honest. He likes to yell <laughs> his quotes usually. So. Yeah, I know, that was very subtle, Tarek. Uh, subtle choice yeah, there. Yeah. It was a lovely yeah. little sweep in, but it was also a little bit shit. Now I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> So let's tell the story now. Uh, so the story began on the 20th of February 2014 uh Glasgow Film Festival. That's where it was uh, released in the UK. It was pretty cool. Ah. Imagine coming uh, so, to Glasgow and seeing this film for the first time. <laughs> before everybody else. How do you describe the film? Yeah, how do you how do you go about I've just seen this this it can't movie. be too literal because if you say it's a story within a story or, yeah. or something like I that, I feel like you're put off. It was fan fucking tastic. That would be what I would say. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't that was the thing, you couldn't just say go and see it. And if you like it, we right. we're friends. If you're not, we probably can't be. Yeah. You would basically end up saying all the quotes and saying you just had to see it. Because the comedy timing is unreal. That's right. Uh, oh, 100%. So, back in 2014, and the UK's number one film, any guesses? If you want to chuck anything out there? February 20th, 2014. Somebody's phoning you. Uh, their guess. Who's phoning you? <laughs> Name and who's phoning you, I guess. It's me. I sound like a Sky Sports notification, not gonna lie. Have <laughs> Arsenal just signed something? Arn Ramsey has just joined Rangers. <laughs> no! Historic moment. So, do you just follow like transfers of any ex Arsenal player? Is that a tear, Tarek? Is that a tear? Well, 2014 was a great year for movies. We talked about that before. So, yeah, all the kind of. Uh, I can't remember any, like. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the song. of anything. Oh. Everything is awesome. Our Lego film. Really? Maybe other good things came out later on then. Sadly, everything was awesome. <laughs> I can't walk off like that. It's a good film. Okay, okay. It's, it's quite judgment. funny. It's got I've not seen it. It's got Chris Pratt. It's got Charlie Day in it. You know, Will Arnett. None Will, of them are really. Uh, Will Ferrell. Really. Will Ferrell. Charlie Day says it's all his son. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, is that? Is that? Yeah. He's Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I'll watch it and, and I'll come back and tell you. It's very good, Kieran. It's very yeah. Watch it with Rudy. He'll love it. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for a fortnight where you just come back slightly. <laughs> yeah. 
That fucking Lego movie. Waste my time. Well, it's number one in the UK and in the US. So I just dominated. Was it, yeah? Four or five weeks solid. Yeah. Was it? Because of the song. I remember the song going to mad all over the place. Yeah. On the radio and everything. Uh, <laughs> on the radio and everything. <laughs> Where else is everything, Darren? Last well, it just means like here, people singing it or see it online, TV, stuff like that, or references being made in other shows, but. Oh, he's gone. He's raging. Uh, you've upset him there, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was number the, Was that song number, number one? That wasn't, uh, wasn't the number one song. Right. It was Rather Be, Clean Bandits, featuring Jess Gwynn. It's an excellent song. I can't remember what that song sounds like. I would sing it, but I'm going to make a twat of myself, but it's very, very good. No, I'm going to sing it. Yeah, go and sing it. No, honestly, I'll make a twat of myself. Just give, just give away a wee hum. Or a, couple of, a couple of bars. Beatbox of it. Just a well, chorus. Genuinely, now that you've put me on the spot, I've forgotten. It'll come to me and I'll sing it. Randomly. Right, okay. When it does. Where there's rather be, I was thinking. Yeah, no idea what the hell. There's no place I'd rather be. That was it. There's no place I'd rather. No, I can't do it now. I just can't do it. Ah, no, 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 no. There's no place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got that now. Good song. It's got a good violin in it. Good song. Yes. Ah yeah, I know the song now. That's it, Tarek. That was it. Right, so I take it nearly nearly years were in Glasgow, cutting a bit, 2014, and the Glasgow Film Festival and watching this. So when was the first time you watched that? Me or Tarek? Mine was Friday. Friday, just past? Friday. Friday just passed. Very first time watched. Really? I've watched it again today. <laughs> Isn't it excellent? It's good. I've seen it twice since Friday as well. Pretty, 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 <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty. I'm back. Dan's right, back. We just kept recording anyway, so it's fine. You never miss much. <laughs> when did you see this first, Daz? Is this the first time you've seen it? Uh, no, I've seen it once before with you. Yeah. Um, but it was just being random, a random night, and I just remember, I, I like just kind of killing myself laughing. But it's more just about reactions, the timing, the just the comedy. I wasn't really too interested in the overall story the first time I watched it, but it was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's just the way kind of the language everyone uses is so unique to themselves and as characters. Like zero is very kind of like shy or like kind of very short short sentences, but then Ralph Fiennes just has this long kind of speeches. It calls everyone like darling and stuff like that. It it's just a everyone's very kind of unique. Because like with the Tenon bombs, it's like yeah they're kind of unique, but they're all they're all blended together. But this one, it's like everyone's pinpoint different characters, and it's just it's really really good. Yeah. And it's uh, narrated at different times by different people as well. So you get mm. you get kind of that as uh yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, when you've got the kind of younger, it's not even the younger zero that's doing the um, narrating, it's just the older zero and then well, other, the, the writer and then the novelist. Yeah, the, the young author narrates it at one oh, point right. and then it's it's obviously it's uh, the older zero, uh, F. Murray Abraham, who, who's telling the story. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it makes but, you think yeah. like, yeah, because this story obviously spans a long, long time, but then I get told to this, uh, by the time Zero gets old, I get told to this young Jude Law, who's then became another like, 30 years older. It's like, I don't know, how, how long ago was this original story told of the fact that it's lived on even in that universe? It's pretty interesting. But that's it. I mean, it's a story within a story within a story within a story. <laughs> It's bookended. It's bookended by the, the the little girl reading the book, and there's obviously yeah. the author who's died. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how many years after yeah. the event is yeah. that? Yeah. You know, see so you yeah, see that, then you then you see the old yeah. author, then you see the young author, and then he's telling you about young zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah. He's like putting flowers down at the end. She's doing that, and it's yes, yeah, it is a Russian doll of stories. Actually, I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that. And um, what's that she puts on the statue? I, I forgot. It's like uh, there's there's loads of things in the statue, and it's kind of there's kind of loads of objects. There's, there's a keys. Well, the keys, the minister yeah. keys, or something. Yeah, a society. Uh, yeah, of, of yeah, cross yeah. keys. Oh, yeah, cross uh, keys. Uh, cross keys, uh, society. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's stuff like that. Right, Daz, have you got a seven-word synopsis for this? I do. Let's uh, check again. Okay, here's a seven-word synopsis, <laughs> just to make sure. Not a challenge for you at all, Darren, but okay, seven words for this. <laughs> Darren, Darren, Darren. Uh, the single quirkiest heist movie ever made. I like it, yeah. I like it, I like it. Yeah. yeah. And that was the seven-word synopsis by Darren. Darren. I'll uh, take yeah. a jingle for that. that. I'm never going to turn down and say, no, it shouldn't have been this. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like to see you try to come on the spot. It's pretty yeah. hard. But I did think this is Wes like Not really, but it'd be funny to see this film described as Wes Anderson's version of a heist film. Because he is trying, he did steal the yeah. painting, but it's like it's just like a little part of the story, but it's kind of centered around that part, so. And it's got. It's also Wes Anderson's version of a prison break story. It's his version. Yeah. Version of, yeah. of a war story. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just tremendous. We usually go on about the cast here, the leading cast, but like seventeen, no less than seventeen people are like on the star billing of the, for this movie. So that take. We're gonna have to. That'll take away. Like. Well, I'm just saying, like, we're against the minor character. I think we're going to be, you know, not following the star billings. I think we're just going to have to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. think a- anybody but zero and good staff. Come on. That's. I'm willing to accept. Anybody else? That was meant for old zero. But they're so good. Their main characters are so good. Ray Fines and the guy that plays zero. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Tony so Revolore. 
that's it. Yeah. They're so good that everybody else just feels in insignificance. Even like Edward Norton, his character, he plays it well, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like they two played their character so well and so well together that all these key characters who yeah. have, like paid millions are like nothing compared to them. Like Ray finds in that is unbelievable, unbelievable. Funny you mention Ed Norton there as well because his, as you say, he did all right, but he's, he's just over. Overhead, not in. Yeah. He's, uh, everybody else is. He's almost like just a sideshow of this. Mm-hmm. He's Would just... you have put something else in Ed Norton's character? Like, <sighs> and instead, instead of having Bill Murray where Bill Murray was, chuck him in as Ed Norton and then switch them around? Well, I, know, I don't I mean, know because I think Ed uh, Norton's character was meant to be bland and pale and like the state. Whereas Ray finds his character was meant to be like fabulous. I think like, yeah, Bill Murray's too um, big a stage presence or whatever. This guy was just meant to be another soldier kind of thing, was he? Yeah, oh, yeah, he was yeah, a leader. yeah, yeah. I suppose in that sense, he did that, kind of blend if in. If Dad were to choose casting, he'd put Christoph Waltz in and put the scene seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God, that's brilliant. I was going to ask you later on, like, somebody who you'd like to see in a Wes Anderson movie, and a, a different person. You've just, yeah. you've just, <laughs> Christoph Waltz is has got to be mm-hmm. pretty top of that list. Who's Christoph Waltz? You're going to need to educate me. So in Bastards, sorry, in Glorious Bastards. God, yes. Yeah. One hundred mm. million percent. Yeah, he'd be great in it, would he? So, oh. did you guys, when you watched it for the first time, spot Tilda Swinton? Yes. I didn't. Is she one of the three sisters? No. No, she's she's the um she's right at the start. Madame. She's the, um, the old woman that he's pegging, Dad. <laughs> and he yeah. looks at the hand and he's like saying loves lovely things to her and he's like, Oh my god, what is that ah. on your nails? And she's like, Oh, do you not like it? And he's like, It's not that I don't like it, it's utterly repulsive. Like, but they wanted Angela Lansbury for that to start off with, but she was actually filming something else. There you go. So they got Tilda went in, but it took about four hours to do the makeup to make her look as old as she was. But it was worth it because I think she played that part really well. Even the oh, like the picture of her of her dead you yeah. know, in the newspaper. Arm <laughs> 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 up here. <laughs> Yeah. And the pure Cluedo death pose. <laughs> Let's say the chalk marks, yeah. Like one of my favourite quotes from that film is when she's leaving and she doesn't want to leave him. And he's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. I'll I'll see you in a few days. It's fine. And then Zero's like, what can I do? And he's like, like, is she okay? And he was like, I don't know, but she was shaking like a shitting dog. <laughs> <laughs> And then the next one, it was like that. So funny. Yeah, but there's, there's so many of them because, like, even just the short one, soon after that, so she says, I love you. And and he says, I love you. And he just shouts something in German, like, go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, you. I go. <laughs> Off with you. Yeah. There was another rumour about Johnny Depp being reported as a early candidate for... Uh, mm. For Rafe Fiennes, nope, I think. No, nope, never. It would but, never have worked. Aye, Wes Anderson's uh, denied it, so that's it. Never worked. Apparently, they wrote that. You wrote that for Rafe Fiennes. Mm. That role. Mm. 
And and watching this, you think he would be up there in the Tarag's list earlier, where having been picked to do loads of other movies with him, because he was just unbelievable. But yeah, uh, oh, he was so good in this. But it's mental. It's mental how good he is as that character. Yeah, I don't think anyone could deliver those lines. No. Yeah, it's just like the way he says it and how. It, like sometimes it's quick to say a sentence or long to take a sentence. He just he just gets it out perfectly every time. I just don't know how like he can chop and change mid sentence as well. And if he's being serious or, or or not being serious or joking or overly pleasant or something like that, you know, he can he just say and do so much. Yeah, he, he, he can. He's got, he's got the sophistication about him and yeah. just kind of. The eloquence to kind of deliver it and then just quickly change to shitting like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kind of brings it right back into, yeah, the eloquence is there. He's, he's, and that's the thing. I mean, the role that he is, he's just kind of a head bus boy. He's just, he's running about after the aristocrats of the, that time. So he needs to, he can be from the gutters and work his way up into these type of people's lives mm-hmm. and make an impact but he's still yeah he's still especially from gutter oh, yeah, so you, you, you never know about uh, his uh, past uh, you never really hear about uh, his, uh, his but what uh, I picked up on from that film the thing about him was like I think that how he felt about the world and how he felt about himself meant more than where he came from or anything like to mm-hmm. him, manners was everything. Presentation was everything. Smell, mm. like eau de panache. Like yeah. he, he just yeah. came out of prison. He's like, you didn't bring eau de panache. Well, my sort of yeah. scum. Yeah. And he's like horrible. But no, it was yeah, like there is a, a line. Of, yeah, at the end of the film, it was like he had a like an air about him that was beyond these years, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, there is a line near the end where he answers Zero's question about if he was a lobby boy. And he says, like, yeah, he was the best lobby boy ever. So uh, there is this kind of cycle where he was definitely taught by someone maybe more eccentric than he was. Yeah. And all this is just him trying to copy whoever that might have been. Yeah. He had uh, really high standards and high values and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might be drilled into someone that was looking after him before. Yeah. Hey, so let's get into best scene then and Amy. Since you're new here, let's let you go on, try, try and get us done to one. Oh, fuck. Like one scene. Like, genuinely, I really struggled with this. Like, it's hard, there's isn't so it? many good scenes, right? I have to say two. And right. because, but they're short ones. Um, So, one of the first, and it's all about comedy timing. It's all about comedy timing. And the combat, like the contrast between him having this poetic kind of long, dialogue as Darren's saying but also this really like brutal dirty chat so it's like the crescendo when he's getting chased by Joplin and they're like going this ridiculous scene where they're going down the hill and they're like skiing away from <laughs> Joplin then they end up following Joplin and it's just mental um, and then he ends up falling off a cliff and he's hanging over the cliff and Joplin's like stomping on his fingers and Zero's like laying in the snow with his legs face up and he starts just reciting a poem, yeah. <laughs> like at the end, like it's like the end of the world, and he's mm. like, "I'm going to take my last breath or something." Yeah, like and he's yeah, like, yeah. 
me breathes, me thinks, me sees, and you're totally like looking in on him. And then Zero just pushes Joplin off really quickly, and he screams and falls. And then Monsieur Gustave Ray finds is just like shit, you got him! But I like interrupts his whole like poetic scene. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. And then when he's in jail, and he's like this really like well-to-do, probably camp guy. I think the whole scene, the whole film's about how he might be a gay man, basically. And it's like. Zero goes to see him in jail and he's got this big black eye and he's like, what happened? And then this whole dialogue, really straight-faced about what happened, my dear Zero, is some guy called mm. Pinky, what was it? Is I beat the, the living shit out of a swiveling little rat called Pinky. And then he's like, <laughs> what What we need to know about Penny Dreadfuls is we can't take them for fools or something. And then he's like, he's actually become a dear friend. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Like, me and Tom were howling, like crying, howling at that, and would rewind it and watch it again. Just but it's, but it's just so happened funny. as well. So That's funny. Funny. Yeah, like, like, like he said that it was just, just last yeah. night or something. Yeah, mm. yeah. He says like you should see him, the scars on him, and see his ugly mug. As and well. then he, his lip covers right. a wee bit, and he says, "Hey, we'll actually become dear friends." Actually, <laughs> <laughs> one time. Yeah, I can imagine like, for, uh, uh, like six hours in prison is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, things move so fast in there. So funny. It is funny because again, like he is supposed to be sophisticated, but he knows the rules of. Oh yeah, if you go to jail, find the first guy you see and knock him out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's brilliant. Right, Daz. What's yours as you take a swig of juice? Well, um, I think. Yeah, it's a scene that is just compact with so much kind of greatness is the funeral slash will reading. <laughs> so Gustav and Zero turn up yeah. and the tapato specs, but they have no idea what's going on. That's when you first kind of see you know, Adrian Brody <laughs> and this rest of this uh, family with uh, Joplin sitting there. And they, don't, they expect it a lot of money. And then Goldblum just swans into the, the movie, makes it his and just really reads this but is trying to stay kind of unbiased and, <laughs> and then you find out that there was a will that has left this very special priceless painting which is probably the only thing that actually means anything um, to the, the family they're expecting it to him and he, they all just turn around <laughs> they're probably just like cusses them out serves them, gets, calls them everything under the sun and and then he becomes public enemy on the one like straight away, and they're like, "Oh, who's Gustav?" He's like, "That's that me, darling." Me. <laughs> that would be me, darling. <laughs> and then they get the argument, and then there's just a funny camera editing and like um with the punches. So the one gets punched, and it cuts to like the behind him, and he punches him, and then everyone punches the other guy, and it's like. There's, there's just so much like hilarious stuff in that scene. So funny. And then that's it. Kind of does kick the film into gear as well, plot wise, and says, right. "Okay, the film's now about this family and this painting, and everything that kind of signifies." But yeah, it's just there are scenes that might be like just on its own funnier, but it, everything in that scene just serves so much purpose in the oh, yeah, film yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. It yeah, actually comes yeah, quite quickly into the, the movie. I found today yeah. when I watched it. Uh, 
Right. I know what you're saying. That is when it uh, kind of kicks into gear. But I was, I, I, even though I just watched it Thursday or Friday or something, and mm. then I watched it again today, and it was like, yeah, fuck, 28 minutes, half an hour in. It's like, oh, here we go. I was expecting more of the, the building up of uh, Zero, the billboard. But nah, it's just right mm. into it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my um best scene is just before that. It's when they're on the train on the way there. Um, because he's just he's just sitting there chatting away to zero, and uh, he's just kind of like, yeah, she, she was she was dynamiting the sacks and yeah, uh, <laughs> she was eighty four. <laughs> and he just kind of goes, I've had all them. I've had all He just delivers it. I've had all them. And then and then it starts kind of building on their relationship between the two of them. And it kind of cumulates when the when Ed Morton comes on the train and you get the take your hands off my lobby boy shout. Yes. And it kind of shows how much he's actually if you work for me, if you if you're there for me, then I'm going to be there for you. And this is the kind of start of their massive kind of build of relationship. And it's that's the main thing that goes through the whole film. That's mm-hmm. that's the love that you've got. And that was the scene that I thought was so it was had everything in it. Had the, the intensity, even when he's asking them for uh, for the details. And he hands him across his passport and goes, oh, I was, uh, yeah, I was quite a lovely man when I was younger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I that's think you're right. Value after comfortable value. That, that scene is yeah. just set the movie so well. And it does just kind of bring that relationship so well into it. He's just, just boom, this is what I'm looking for. You've you summed up how I feel about the film, Tarek, because when I was thinking about, like, what would be the best scene, what would be the worst scene and all that. And like the worst scenes for me, if you had to pick some, would be between when Zero was on his own with, is it, what's her name, is it Agnes? Agnes. Agatha. Agatha. Agatha, that's it. I can't even remember. (laughs) But only because the real love story isn't between Zero and Agatha, it's between Zero and Monsieur Gustave. Yes, that scene when like because I was almost going to put that as my favorite quote when he's like, "Get your hand off my lobby boy," like to him, mm. women are just dis- like dispensable. Like off you go. Like when um, Madame D's like worried about her like going home, and she's like, "Come with me," and he's like, "To fucking Lutz." Why? <laughs> 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 The fucking Lutz for <laughs> this like journey of love with zero, like not as like a sexual thing or a gay thing, just like they have like such a love like story there. It's better than Agatha and Zero, even though that the older Zero is telling the story of oh Agatha. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's between them really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a belt on them all the way through. Yeah. Well, mine's mine's is on the same sort of thread as well what I will say though is like if there's a best like single shot or frame it's going to be any of the one that's in the lift <laughs> so, <laughs> if 
um, if somebody wants to buy me a gift, right, it would be a frame picture at any one of the shots where you've got probably the one with Madan D and Gustav just like embracing each other. The the bellboy in the back just trying to stay out of trouble. And then you've got the guy pulling up the lift just all. Yeah, (laughs) trying to make him so small. Yeah. Madan D's in distress because she's ready to leave Gustav. Gustav just wants rid of her. And it just looks yeah. brilliant. So, but that's not a scene. That's just that one kind of take. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the prison break because, like, the caperness of it. Like, the fact that they yeah. have this impossibly long ladder to help them. <laughs> they've got <laughs> the only way to go. They've got to go through the guard's bunk. Uh, just oh, shit, shit like that. It's just, yeah. they've got to go over it. They go under the beds. They jump the beds. But um, after that, when mentioned earlier where Gustav has a go at Zero because Zero's meant to find the safe house and he, he couldn't, he asked, because he actually says, I asked, but like that, he, he stutters yeah. and he just like, he jumps down his throat and then he forgot the, the kind of costumes or whatever and they forgot his aftershave and when he forgets his aftershave, <laughs> he fucking hits the roof and he has a go at where he came from, you sleep in tents, you fucking don't tie down your dogs or whatever, he really yeah. goes for them. And then he's asked, like, why did you ever leave there or come here? Because like this sort of sophisticated world can get on very well without you. And he tell, that's when like, the outpouring of his family were like, in cop and war and were all fucking shot and mm-hmm. I'm here because of that. And then his turn, his apology is just one of the like best, genuinely best apologies I've ever seen on on a, in a movie. It's so heartfelt because um, he says, "Fucking hell, like I'm really, really sorry." Yeah, you're not here just to kind of just to try and make more money. You're here out of like no choice you're on, and this is where you've chosen to be, and all this sort of shit. A real, real touching moment because I thought like Royal Tenenbaums was more touching overall. It was more about family. And this wasn't a really bit family, at least no their real family. I was about this kind of family they've generated. So mm. when... I think it was more about your values and integrity. Yeah. Mm. How like is... your family, sometimes you like you're there through rain or shine, but sometimes it could be shit. But this film was more about like how you could come in contact with people and it doesn't matter if you both like have the same values and the same integrity, then you look after each other. That's what I saw. Yeah. And it's like he's, he's obviously just been in prison. He's just broken out. It's like probably the most stressful point in his life. And he almost just no. caught himself like, no, this is not me. I'm better than this. And I'm sorry. Uh, Tara talked about that f- relationship being forged. I think that's when it was like sealed. Like they're there. Now he says, now we're brothers. And then, right. um, then, as true Wes Anderson style comes the whimsy to kind of take you out of that and he starts asking about Agatha and Zero starts reciting the poem yeah. and the alarms go off <laughs> and he's like shit man sorry I've got to stop you there but remember where you we are because we won't that. be coming back to this yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like was then great. on a summer breeze like <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's so he's like, still like a him. very yeah a very proud look on his face so yeah. it's, yeah. I read as well that they actually layered the panache. Wes Anderson got a f- like a French perfumier or boutique or something to create. Like a oh, really? Called okay. Layer de okay. Yeah, I bet he did. And, um, and I bet he had 
lot of Sarahizer. Yeah, and like <laughs> he, gave stunk. It, he made like the actors and actresses wear this layer de panache. Like, so there you go. I'd like to get my hands on some of this. You know, people say like sometimes the smell takes well, you back. Yeah. Just podcast, and then you've got a Christmas present for Amy, you've got a Christmas present for Kieran. Yeah, there, there you go. go. There you go. Like, if you could imagine what Lear de Panache would smell like, what do you think it would smell like? Because it's described. Maybe Le Pew. Maybe Le Pew. That's the smell. <laughs> it's so funny. There is a scene where. Yeah, they're on the train, but then they, they, um, after they meet up with Bill Murray and it gives them the, like, he said, oh, you got a quarter of an ounce or something like that. So they're going to train Ednard's way for them, but they've already left. And Ednard goes in, takes one sniff, or someone that was there like 20 minutes ago for a quarter of an ounce of it, and he still smells it. It's like, how, how pungent is this? How, how distinctive is this one smell that like, you know just. <laughs> just like yeah. he's been there like ages ago but you still know exactly well, what's the line in the film it was one of the most perfumed man he's ever met or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> Go right, I'll say what my worst scene was and um, this is kind of hard as well but probably just the gunfight yes I think it Maybe yeah. just went on a bit too long. I get the joke. It's silly. The, it was, yeah, it was silly. And like it was just the fact that it kind of took the piss out of uh, the soldiers and that they all had a gun and they all just came out. Somebody's shooting, I'm going to come out and shoot. That sort of uh, shoot first, ask questions mm-hmm. later attitude, even though they were shooting each other. Uh, they're saying, who's shooting who? Whose side are we on? And all that. It was, But yeah. Yeah. It- like, it would have been good if it didn't go on so long. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it mm. was... I did like the scene where... The, just Was it just before the gunfight? Like, Monsieur Gustave was in the lobby. Was this the one? I get confused with the, the bits. But he's speaking to Ednor and he's like, oh, I know what's happened here. She's been murdered and you think I did it. <laughs> then he just... <laughs> <laughs> Hey. That's that's before he gets put that in prison. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, seems the just because there's no like fluid camera motions or something like that. Like you come to expect, it seems kind of ad lib the fact that he's just ran away. We can just and watch then the end on that I just realised, wait a minute, yeah. if I'm this character, I would chase after you. Yeah, even yeah, <laughs> even the camera is just like, what, what's he Watching. done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think like the. The cat, the shooting scene maybe took away from the comedy timing of it all. I would say. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, it wasn't necessarily needed. Yeah. I get why it was there, but yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd be that. Tarek, would you? Um, mine's was your best scene. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> why? I don't like I'm showing a zero, man. That was the the relationship built so well, and then he starts showing it a zero, and he starts just totally demeaning them. But yeah, you're right. He brings it back by an apology. But I was just thinking, it's like we'll start this by saying it's hard as fuck to pick a bad scene in this movie. It really is. It really. Is. Uh-huh. And I, I did put some serious thought into. It. Mm. And I was thinking, like, come on, what 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 part did I really know like? 
emotionally, and not just not just from kind of watching it. I was like, well, that was that was the one that that was like, oh, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then when yeah. he bounces back with his apology, and but then zero becomes kind of he's just like a bigger person from it. Yeah, he comes and follows. Just kind of saying, and builds builds his character a lot more. But yeah, that was that, I was just like, I'm sure zero man, he's yeah, been there for you. I know. Like I didn't yeah. like like my. Like some of my worst scenes, which were really hard to pick, would have just been Zero and Agatha on their own, just because mm. it was like not about the main two characters. And yeah, so that, that's that's my my one where I think it's like <clears throat> like yeah. So uh, Gustav's in jail, and then Zero's over at Agatha's place, and he's he's telling her, "Oh, we could just like you know, if if anything bad happens, just sell the painting and just run away." Blah blah blah. It's not as bad scene, and it does set up that she'll get the painting later, and that's when they'll discover yeah. their second copy of the second will. Yeah. But I don't know. I just it wasn't really that interesting. Oh. It wasn't as funny. It wasn't as creative as the other ones. It just it's not. I felt out of place, but it's more of a connective scene than. Yeah. It's not a terrible or bad scene. It's just it's kind of hard to say worst as we've said before. Uh, I but th- I think um to, to uh, kind of stick up for them it made. Um, Zero become like a, a man, you know, it gave him another interest or you know, something outside of that which he kind of deserved and it was good to see him grow away from Gustav as well, but no, nah, I, totally, I totally get yeah. it. Because totally I've it. actually been wondering what the point of Saoirse Ronan was in that film, because she's a fabulous actress and she was fabulous in that as well, and actually that was the first time she said that she was um, allowed to have her own accent in a film that right? yeah he did brooklyn oh. after that uh-huh because she'd say to wes anderson what kind of accent do you want me to do this in and he was just like well your own because we've got all kinds of accents like that it doesn't matter yeah we got this yeah british person we have this uh, person it was the first time right. she's done her own accent in a film but and she was fabulous but at the same time i've always thought what was the point in her but i think you're right kieran it's to like give zero more than Monsieur Gustav, because he had everything else, you know, like. Yeah, but I, I liked how she was, um, sure. like immediately sort of in on it, um, in yeah. terms of like up for it, like mm-hmm. okay, you need mm. me to do this, I'll do it. Uh, it's maybe not yeah. what I wanted to do, but uh, you need me to, you know, put things in cakes and send you them. Yeah, I'm up for it. You need me to. Uh, all, all this sort of thing. She's not got. She. We are both. Um, we we are both from nothing. Yeah. So it was like she didn't actually have any type of family that well. They were both kind of lost souls. Yeah, they're both lost souls in the exact same place. So she's Irish born, he's wherever he's from. Yeah, yeah they born. come up with like fake places and names. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was really very funny, but is it Ryan Backy or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah. But so, even the currency yeah, yeah, is quite yeah. fake as well, sounding. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard to get a grip on the worth of the currency. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. at some points it was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, three of them, wow. And it's a man, if you got about 45, right, give him 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when he opens the envelope, it was like a thousand. And it's like, mm. <laughs> and it was kind of different reactions for different amounts. And it, it didn't really always seem to chime. He seemed impressed well, with I mean, whatever money was going on. 
I think was, that's kind of a joke as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And like when they're talking about the the painting that they've stolen, he said, "You know, she she bestowed that upon me, and it's so precious. I'll never part with it. Come to me. <laughs> it would actually be better if we parted with it." Yeah. Give all the money. My favorite bit from that scene is is when they make the kind of they make the the deal packed. And he says, right, I'll tell you this. Take a note. <laughs> so, yeah. no, I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. I'll just speak. Yeah. Right, let's go on our favourite quotes then, because this has been the bit I've been looking forward to. Right, so, yeah. as I said, like, Tarek starts off with his favourite quote at a time when he said that. And I was absolutely sure you were going to say, take your hands off my lobby boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1,000%. I was oh, like, yeah. when well, I watched it today, yeah. and he's like, You filthy goddamn pockmarked fascist assholes, take your eyes off my lobby boy. <laughs> I was, That's I, a shouty one that Tag loves to open with. <laughs> if that was, I would have put my fucking house on that. Yeah. It's probably got to be the most famous like, single line from the movie as well, I'd say. I think that's one I've, yeah. I've kind of seen. Elsewhere, like take your hands off my lobby boy. Yeah, it's kind of moved past the film, and then was transcended it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, transcended it. Yeah, uh, I um I like the one near the start where he's he gets the the coin from Madame D, and he sends you know he goes to send uh, zero to to go to the thing buy half a candle, um. Then buy him some chocolate and then said whatever's left give to the cripple with the, the shoe scrub. The cripple, the yeah. shoe scrub. <laughs> I like that. But my favourite... And then uh, that, that scene's great as well because he goes, goes to do it and there's actually no come into the interview. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. when he starts becoming too bothersome he's like, go get up. Get up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my, fa- my favourite line from it is, uh, is at the end and it's, it's older zero and Jude Law has just asked him Right, so you've given it pretty much everything up just to keep the hotel, and why? Like, was it so you can a reminder of your time with him? Is and well, he asked him something like, "Is this kind of to remind you of his world?" And he says, "To be frank, I think his world had vanished long before he had ever entered that. But I will say, he certainly sustained the illusion with a marvelous grace." Yeah, uh, that was a great ending. That's a lovely line. Yeah, and yeah. That made me think, like, when I'm saying Monsieur Monsieur Gustave was like before his time, like he was because of that line. Yeah, I think because you finish with that line, it stays with you, and it underpins the whole of the film. And whatever you see, they find as bit as. But that is a lovely line. And it, and it yeah. kind of shows you that their relationship was maintained. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever happened, like, they are they're the bros. And oh, yeah, it's this, that one. But yeah, it's really that Gustav's been born in the wrong generation. Like, there's a, a line as well. It's like, oh, they're all old, rich, blonde, and stuff, stuff like that at the start. Yeah. And then later on, <clears throat> when he gets to be rich, it's like, now he gets to fit in. Now he's one of them. Uh, but they're all clinging on to their life because they're all 18, 19, and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, this guy, he just doesn't fit in anywhere else is apart from this little bubble mm-hmm. in the, the Budapest Hotel. So oh, I think that line is... Um, um, mine... Oh, sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. Done. Uh, I had a couple, but um, uh, it's like during the uh, screaming match between uh, Adrian Brody and uh, Gustav, it first accused him of being well gay, but in harsher words, <laughs> and then he also said, "If you touch my mother, <laughs> even if she was dead, you're well." It's like. I thought you just said I was gay. It's like, yes, you are, but you're bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like totally like showed Brody up, but he's still like kind of determined to go with that insult and stick to his guns. Uh, it's just, it's just hilarious. like he says it with absolute seriousness in his face. <laughs> it, just, it just makes me giggle thinking about it. I got me, but no. I'll stick with it. No, you're bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> but what a funny quote where it's like talking about like Monsieur Gustave's sexuality and he's like, oh, chaps. Well, it's like I've never been called that before, but okay. Like... That was it. In, in, the, in the jail, he said, no, we think you're a real straight shooter or a straight guy or something. He says, yeah. never been accused of that before. Never been accused of that before. But... <laughs> <laughs> and if I had to pick just one more, it's... Um, Refine after contacting the uh, site of the cross keys, kind yeah. of runs down everything. So this person murdered this person uh, after us. <laughs> uh, me, uh, was it? Oh, was oh, no, no. himself. Me on. Uh, oh yeah, at large. Yeah, at and there's like yeah. zero says. Uh, zero says zero. Confused. <laughs> 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 it just really just kind of like. He, he's just able to tap into Gustav's weirdness more than anyone else. Yeah. And they really, they really are together in this journey. I think mine's is that it's got to be the prison scene where he goes through that whole dialogue and it's funny. And I think it's this scene where he's like speaking to Zero about like, this is like, this is just ridiculous. And he's like, I mean, it's been a total fucking nightmare. And it's like <laughs> a total understatement, but it's like, one of the only times you see him lose the plot. It's the first time you see mm. him lose the plot, and it's like it's been a complete fucking nightmare. Like, think, is that like, is that the one where he's he's given a confession? Like he meets yes, the yes, that yeah, yeah. He meets Sergei the X. Tab all yeah. the way through. Yeah, then, so he's in the and he's just about to hear what the thing is. Like, well, come along then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets killed, this, and then yeah. the ludicrous DC <laughs> begins. That's like. Mm. So, yeah, no, I like that because he does just. <laughs> he loses the plot. I nearly got you here. Yeah. Yeah, he does lose the plot there. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. The plot. Like, it's been a complete fucking oh. nightmare when the guy's dead. So funny. I think um, my favourite one is definitely. Did he just throw my car out the window? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it's true, Jeff Goldblum. It's just like. Did he just throw my cat out the window? Like really oh, yeah. And all the all the sisters are like, no, I don't think so. No, I don't. Did you And you're actually asking yourself, did he just grab the car and throw it out the window? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought to I just thought to myself like yeah, how, how tall are, is this window? You know, it might be okay. Cancel is landed there. Oh, nope, nope. That's fly. <laughs> that's squished. Put <laughs> 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 the bag with the dead cat. So, and then, like, the next oh, scene, yeah, he's going for the, the coat 
that he also like dry cleans for his little cat to wear. Yeah, the He's one of those people. Yeah, yeah. it's like Persian cat deceased. <laughs> I, I heard that. Um, see when Jeff Goldblum is it Kovacs? Kovacs gets his uh, fingers chopped off and there's blood on the on the ground. That Wes Anderson was there, like you know, painstakingly getting the right amount of blood over the fingers. I could just imagine with that cat being like that. Nah, that paw needs to be up there. That needs to be there. What's the one where Zero gets hit in the face? Because apparently that happened at least forty-three times. Is that when he's punched? No, there was one where it's like he's slapped full on in the face by someone. Oh, um, just just outside the jail, really, just after the the escape. Yeah, Harvey Keitel's like, right, see you later, yeah. or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, you're good, kid. Ah, oh, right, good okay, kid. yeah, yeah. But that happened at least 43 times in real life <laughs> until he got the, the best scene, and it was a full-on scalp until it was a good scene, like, so, there you go. What were we at? We're at... Uh... This meeting is being recorded. Right, Dal, what do you think is age best about this movie? Tricky, tricky. Um, I must admit, but uh, well, this one you can kind of say a lot about kind of uh, Wes Anderson films, but definitely, I think of all the ones I've seen anyway, his directing style and his attention to detail. I know it's cheating when it comes to Wes Anderson, but I don't think it's ever been this better, this fluid, this kind of connected to the story, or or like kind of just all the, like the details of the background or. I'm pretty sure they have to switch to kind of like those, you know, the figurines bits. So if they're going up the ski lift or a bit where the hotel's in the background and it's quite far away or something like that. But it's just the crafting of the film. It just looks brilliant. And there's even scenes where, like, the one where William Defoe is outside the sister with the, the club foots thing and the snow's coming down. And it's just the right kind of uh, tempo to kind of look so threatening. And make him look creepy. And there's also a recurring thing where a cat will have a spotlight put on them. Uh, like when they're doing the phones or where it's Gustav or something like that. And I, it's just it's just brilliant. And even when they're on the trains, the backgrounds are always like just so like brilliant. And I, I don't think there's been a West Anderson film just at that tempo. I think it's just like, operational on when it comes to that. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree, yeah. It's the most Wes Anderson film that Wes Anderson has done. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think Tenenbaums, you can maybe say that the, the whimsy and the attention to detail maybe just gets lost in the story. It's more of a story. Mm-hmm. This this is, yeah, it blends in very well. I yeah, you've got every cemetery, okay. It's between the, like, Tenenbaums and Life Aquatic sits Grand Budapest Hotel between like visual mm-hmm. with life aquatic and like sequential and like circumstantial with royal tenenbaums that's interesting so i've not i've never seen life aquatic um very good and we've got uh mr fantastic mr fox mm-hmm. feel that a lot of the things that he's taken from this he's put into that mm-hmm. because even the when they're running up and down the the ski slopes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. you can see, it. and even on the uh, motorcycle, 
Well, you've got uh, yeah, it's very fantastic, Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every kind of, it's almost scene for scene that they've kind of that he's done it. Yeah, and see and the the, fun, the funicular, mm-hmm. the lift thing. Yeah. That's very yeah. Isle of Dogs at the start. Yes. Yeah. Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Yeah. It's just that in the in the structure with the. Uh, the platforms and people jump from from one to another and all this sort of mm-hmm. thing is, is so idle dog so you could see, uh, after watching this you could it's almost like inevitable that you would have went and done animation mm-hmm. but yeah yeah you could oh, yeah, yeah. even the way that they're running and everything I mean there's <laughs> just so much that yeah. kind of more animated than kind of always actually progressing and yeah I definitely agree with you with the, the, the Symmetry of these shots, the kind of uh, lighting of these shots and everything. Yeah, definitely. The, that's what he's progressed to. I don't know the kind of what movies were in the exact sequence where Grand Budapestus came. Has this been his pinnacle or it's is he still. It's his highest grossing film. It's his highest yeah. grossing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that this one like definitely lends itself mm-hmm. to kind of having more areas as well because it's maybe with a lot of time skips, a lot of locations, and those detail those locations get to be detailed as well, like the hotel mm-hmm. itself. Like, like it's not just like a house or just like, really big yeah. rooms like ten of bombs, but yeah, it's just incredible how mm-hmm. much gets to do with it. Oh wow, just uh, went on to Wikipedia there and Fantastic Mr. Fox was 2009. Wow. Oof. Why the fuck? <laughs> it did not know This And this was five years later and then Isle of oh. Dogs came four years after this. So was it hmm. so like, like Aquatic, <laughs> then Tenenbaums? No, it was bombs before that. So, Tenenbaums, um, like Aquatic. Darjeeling. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs, and then the French Dispatch, which I'm yet to see as well. Before that, there was yeah, Bottle, Bottle Rocket fun. and Rushmore. They were in the 90s as well. Life Aquatic's good. It's a slow burner, but the, the music is awesome. Yeah. So well, that's like... that's on. Uh, thankfully, this was on Disney+. Plus. So, all, um, so is yeah. Life Aquatic, so I'm going to be watching that very it's soon. It's all... Um, a- like, Hope uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda done the uh, theme tune to uh, <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah. It's number one, first Disney song to go to number one in the charts. Oh, yeah, we had that one. But we yeah. don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I hope he does the production for Life of Quiet Accent. But, yeah, because no... Because it's all David Bowie songs, but acoustic and sung in. I couldn't tell you. The, I couldn't tell you. Is it French? But it's like this acoustic singer. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know. Might even do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Tarek, what do you think is his best? Have you said yours? Oh, well, yeah, the same as us. I mean, just the kind of. This is, I mean, I've only seen a couple of Wes Anderson's, and this has probably been my favourite. 
and just kind of you can see by the direction this this symmetry that he does with his shots, kind of how he brings one person from the back and then brings zero all the way to the front as the movie goes forward, and mm. um, as a as his character develops and yeah, I watched it on Friday and I've rewatched it today and I was just like all these kind of wee things that you pick up on going throughout the movie. Like, mine's just like uh, again it goes back to my favourite scene but it was like Zero's like refugee story so this is set okay it's set in a certain year but it's fictional towns it's fictional countries and it's even a fictional war isn't it really mm-hmm. how you mentioned <laughs> yeah. and it could apply to any country at any moment in time really um, so that kind of story of the, not the immigrant, but the refugee of like losing the family and still having uh, the thing about themselves to go somewhere else and make some of themselves. Um, that that scene that could work any other time. That could work in a hundred years. Is that shit's going to be going down? So I think that's kind of stands test of time with this movie. Oh, your faith in humanity. Well, it's actually not my faith in humanity because there's always going to be a fucking war going on. There's always going to be a refugee. So, yeah, it's probably the opposite, to be fair. But, it it um, does come up that both him and Agatha, well, both seem like they're not from those countries. I don't know exactly where on the map this fictional country is, but they're both definitely from another part of the planet, and they come in. They're both probably the hardest workers, apart from Gustav. Gustav's a really hard worker as well. But <clears throat> like it really says, like oh, these two immigrant children are trying to work yeah. their hardest, and they have these kind of sometimes overbearing bosses at times. You know him, yeah, well, like Hugh and Gustav. She also, she also lives with her boss, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. In it's interesting attic. as well that Wes Anderson's <sighs> Australian and not all Australians, obviously, but a lot of Australian continents, not continents, but places would be quite conservative. So yeah. it's quite interesting that um, his films take quite a socialist stance, I would say. Um, and even yeah. this has very much got a message of like, because you see people like you see fascism and there's homophobic tones, there's there's gay tones, there's there's asylum seekers, there's refugees, so that's quite interesting. It probably gives you a wee insight into Wes Anderson himself and his politics. What do you think about his kind of treatment of female characters? That's a criticism that's levelled at him. He, he doesn't really spend as much time on them or, or give them room. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Perhaps because... In, like, the Royal Tenenbaums, I found Gwyneth Paltrow's character very, very annoying as a woman. Mm -hmm. I just found it hard to connect with her and associate with her um, because I wasn't, like, anything like her. So you're probably right in that sense. The the women, even, like, I would say in his roles, Angelica Houston would probably be, in his films, one of the most strong characters, but she never plays... Very strong roles, if you know what I mean. She's she's there, mm. but in the background. Like even in Fantastic Mr. Fox, George Clooney's the main fox, but I would say Angelica Houston maybe should have been, and the key fox maybe should have been her, because in the Animal Kingdom, like a lot of the women, females go out and get all the 
Yeah, yeah, but to be fair, you can mm. got to blame Roldal for that, not necessarily. No. <laughs> yeah. Why yes. is Anderson to mix it up, though, to be fair? Yeah, he could do, and he could pick a different uh, book this to do, I suppose. Because if I've got to compare Angelica Houston with George Clooney, Angelica Houston would always win. Wow, there you go. Always win. Yeah, it's a quote for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess he just needs to find... Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you could yeah. find like a quirky no, actress like someone as quirky enough as a Bo- Goblin or a Bill Murray and then you'll just fall heads over heels for them mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he's a man and he knows men and he connects with men so whereas if he was a female director it maybe would be different you know I don't know what do you think's aged the worst then about this in particular, I've got fuck all. I really I really that. struggled yeah, with it. I'll be honest with you, because it's, I think I, even it's so stylish that it's like <clears throat> it won't age. Because you look back at like a Clockwork Orange, and it was that specific and stylish to its time that it'll never age because it was it's so retro and cool. Mm-hmm. And has but that's the thing because it's retro and cool. I mean, you'll only get the people that want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Because they see it as red and cool. But the cinematography so, is always Anderson I guess gonna be in that type of mm. um RA, far A type crowd that are gonna watch it in years to come, or is it gonna be everybody Well that, that I would say that was one thing that would have been like not not the thing the scene that doesn't stand the test of time, but would be like know that whole list of people that you said, Tarig. Like there's a right. there's a generation that aren't gonna know these people. And like yeah. they'll get lost in a, they'll pale in, into significance because nobody will know who Bill Murray is. Like unbelievable as it is, one day nobody will know who Bill Murray is. Yeah. So that might be the thing that ages it more is the the key characters that are always in these I, films. I guess I guess we'll all end up just like Zero in the crumbling hotel that mm-hmm. I once forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I don't think in the recent. There is it. But when it comes to new actors, like in the French Dispatch, it doesn't now have like Timothy Chalamet in or oh, something I was like just that. Going, so. That's what I've just looked at, like the cast of yeah. the French Dispatch. So Timothy I guess he might, he might be trying to so adapt. He's, you he's know. recruiting. You know, he's he's regenerating. Do you know he's who with, else he's is good with that? the young crowd? Do you know who else is in it? Does Christophe Waltz. Oh. No way! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just check. There's some West Anderson fans screaming at you earlier, saying, "Oh, yeah. he'd be great in a West Anderson movie." Oh, we have to <laughs> give a shout out to Andy and Mike who were screaming at the podcast at one point last time when I was ah. trying to describe which movie I'd seen when I was talking about Captain Phillips, mm-hmm. and they were saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's this one with George Clooney in it." I've just kind of forgot what it's called again. <laughs> I, yeah, the, I remember the movie I was trying to describe last time as well. It was Little Rascals, where I was talking about the with the kids and the alfalfa with the point, the hair, and the like the He Man Women Hater Club. That's what the movie I was talking about, Little Rascals. But right. used to have so, clearly never seen it before. So, <laughs> the, the Perfect Storm is the movie I was thinking about. So when Dan was like saying, Oh, let's watch Captain Phillips, I thought DVD cover. Boat at the bottom, huge fuck off wave, and a couple of people on it shaking themselves. 
and it, obviously it's not that, it's, it's <laughs> no that at all. Basically, the ferry to Amsterdam then. <laughs> <laughs> is it not? <laughs> but no, that movie is the perfect style. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So oh. just cause, like, just a question then. So Christopher Waltz has been in a lot of Tarantino films. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that then he can't be in Wes Anderson films? Because they have their definites that they like. Well, no, that's what I was saying, that Christoph Waltz is oh, in Wes Anderson's newest movie. Is he? But, yeah, yeah. He's like, I've just checked, so he's in Holy it. Moly. I, guess, I guess that's the question, though. Which, another great which, reason to see that. Another Tarantino-esque actor or Wes Anderson one, would you like to make a swap? If they had to make a trade, a handshake deal, one, character, one actor for another, Samuel I would Jackson. love to see... Okay, oh, you go ahead. Although Harvey Keitel, Harvey, he goes across. Harvey, Harvey Keitel is one bit. Christoph Waltz. He's, he's um, yeah. Ed Norton. I, Ed Norton. 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 I'm thinking of swapping them over. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, no, I just mean like actors, but um, yeah, that's good as well. I, I would like to see Bill Murray in a Tarantino film. Yes. That's that's my trade pick. Baron, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you've well, said yeah. that, and you said the last one earlier, so it's got to fucking happen. That, that, yeah. That's an excellent shout. Uh, maybe you can have the woman that did, the woman that did uh, Kill Bill as your main Character in a Wes Anderson film. She would She's be pretty, good. That's a strong. Oh wow! She would be excellent. Stop yeah. Dad, and quit your job with the government. Fantastic. <laughs> I demand it right There's a there's a handshake deal in the back alley. Wes Anderson Tarantino. There you go. So, Wes, we know you're listening to this. Hire me with Thurman <laughs> as quick as possible, and get rid of Bill Murray. Because <laughs> he, he needs to go with Tarantino. Is that what was decided? Right. So nah. we go on to best minor character then because we were struggling with what age there was, haven't we? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, like, just, just I know it's all the time, but like the the kind of language to describe people at times, kind of the homophobic stuff, um, sexist a bit as well when yeah. staff describing Agatha as you know, flat as a board and all that sort of yes, thing. Yeah. Um, all the references to kind of facial scars and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. It's, it's just, it is of the time and it's passed off as a kind of whimsical way as well. Mm. My favourite minor character is uh, Jeff Goldblum's. <gasps> You've stole it. Definitely uh, Goldblum's. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> you've got, always got to have extras. If I was, yeah. If, if I was, uh, if I was to say what I have actually consumed more of since the last episode, it would be Meatloaf's album. <laughs> but there you go. Mm. Uh, no, I like like you said. Uh, he steals most scenes that he's in, or, or all the scenes. It's the, the the funeral one is well not the funeral one but the, the the will reading one where everybody's there for one reason they don't give a fuck about his eulogies and his long words mm. and he, the time that he's taken they just want to know who's got what but he 
earned every single second of that, and he's going to make sure, yeah. I'm sure that he's going to take it as well. Um, and that's like half that. the cast in that room, and he just controls it. Yeah, yeah, he he's there taking court, holding court, and like the two protagonists are like in the doorway, you know, kind of holding back, and he's he's got the room, and ah, it's great. Have you watched Jeff Goldblum on Disney Plus? And it's the world according to Jeff Goldblum. No. No, but I've been wanting to watch that. Holy shit in a bag. It's the best thing you'll ever watch in your life. Like, it's basically (laughs) Jeff Goldblum as Jeff Goldblum, and it's brilliant. Like, if ever you want to have good feels, you need to watch this. He's actually a teetotal. He won't drink coffee or anything. He doesn't like things that stimulate him. And maybe this is why, like, this is what I think Jeff Goldblum does well and why his minor characters appear so major. It's all really measured and looks thought out and careful and he's he's got hand gestures. So whereas other characters, it's mm. all about face and body. Everything with him's hands. Like, he's just fabulous. Yeah. But you need to watch The World According to Jeff Goldblum. It's fabulous. Love it. It's sorted right out though, is it? Yeah, love him. <laughs> Any, any further on Kovacs? Oh, uh, I will go with I'll go with uh, Chopling or Willem Dafoe. Yes, Willem Dafoe was good as Chopling. Just so unique in this film of unique characters and it feels yeah, like he he's in a, yeah. in a different movie in a good way. I know yeah. that could be a criticism but yeah, just someone that actually takes this kind of stuff seriously takes like pride in his work and it's just really efficient <laughs> but then the thing that kind of takes him down is him just trying to be kind of too stylish and going for like the the like the ice cracking kill instead of just like you know just I don't know shooting his hands off or grabbing him and throwing him or something like oh, yeah. that he just you know, my favourite bit about him was his little yeah. uh, his little coat pocket oh, just oh yeah with the, with, yeah <laughs> I was just about to say, that. when Darren said about Jocelyn was leather. Yeah. Because the thing I remember is all the, the the rings on his fingers just ripping it open and stealing the bike off someone and just like drinking the drink. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Talk about somebody being measured. Like every every pocket had a use on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ah, uh, definitely. Tarek. Um, I'd, I'd go for Serge X. Oh really? Because he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was, he was good. He kind of he helped out, made sure that, uh, made sure that the will was or the second will, the second reading of the second will. Uh, reading of the second copy, will. Yeah. Was in the, was the second copy of the second will yeah. was in the right place. Ah, um, oh, so like and, he, he's your he favourite in an MVP kind of way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. fucking right. He's he's MVP. Oh, massive. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not, he wasn't kind of much on screen. He wasn't. My first pick was always going to be William Dafoe, by the way. But yeah, Serge X. Another couple of my picks was going to be uh, Harvey Keitel's character. So he oh, was excellent. He was the, the leader of the prison gang. And a, a, a real wild card would have been the boy 
who I'm assuming is the grandson of the author at the start, where the author is sitting there. Saying, <laughs> yes! And he oh, just yeah. shoots him. And yeah. he, sh- he shoots him with a little toy gun, and then he comes and he whispers sorry, and he just stares at the camera. It's so yeah. funny. That actually, like, like, I totally forgot about that bit. But he's like shouting at him, and then he's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's, brilliant. Sorry, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. I do want to shout out uh, Edward Norton's Henkels as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of glad he did because uh, the Esther are kind of being kind of. I know it's they're not a one to one like it's a country and they're all made up, but I'm glad he didn't go for like a fake accent or yeah. some German like <laughs> voice or something like that. But I did appreciate that he did let them go just because yeah. of the act of kindness that he did show him in the past. Yeah. I do feel like that's kind of a, a message of the and film. Like if if you do bit, treat people nicely, that they will remember it. But there was yeah. a bit where um, he was like, how's your mother doing? She was a lovely lady. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. A, lot, a lot indicating that he pegged the shit out of his mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that he doesn't quite know. He doesn't. Yeah. Care. He's a grown man. He's not. But yeah, he does. He is quite fair for a fascist, to be honest, because yeah. he does. When there's a shootout going on, he does kind of hear them out and say, okay, everyone's arrested, to be fair, this out. Or, and then he does read the second copy of the second will, and he could have just thrown them in a back in prison and not thought twice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not, he's not as bad as. You might think. Right. See, when you were saying that, it took me back to. Um, remember, I was telling you the similarities between this and Paddington. What yeah. are you talking about? Right. Well, just Paddington. Here's a theory. Right? <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd heard that um, the making of the director of Paddington's kind of got a lot to thank Wes Anderson for. Okay. And I then, do like Paddington. And then I tell the Paddingtons were actually quite good. I was like, right. But excellent. So, um, the day after the Royal Rumble, I was so tired, I just lay on the couch all day, and the kids were mm-hmm. entertained by watching Paddington and Paddington 2. <laughs> so I, I did that, and it was kind of just with Wes Anderson head on. And there, uh, there is stuff there. Like, there's 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 stuff with dolls' houses there's a scene where they, they take the, the front of a doll's house and every room is like a room of the house. So you yeah. see miniature versions of the real people in the different houses, uh, in the different rooms, sorry. Um, there's a prison escape type thing in that. Uh, there is loads of shots that you're thinking, yeah, it just is. That's a Wes mm-hmm. Anderson yeah. shot. Um, so uh, but the reason, the reason you were well. saying that is like when Daz said, uh, you know, if you're kind now, you will be repaid in another kind of life or whatever. The whole thing about uh, Paddington's goodwill is like, well, Aunt, what's her name? Lucy? Mm-hmm. Is it Lucy? Aunt Lucy would always say, you know, be kind, and if you're not kind, then, you know. Don't, I can't watch that film without crying. It's just so wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, there you go. Let's uh, say that. It is so wonderful. It is just wonderful. Okay, what, um, has everybody given me a minor character? Yeah. Yeah, you stole mine. Yeah, right. right, okay. We shared them. There's a lot. There's a okay. lot of Jeff to go around. Shared. I'd, I'd share Jeff with you. And share <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure. I'm sure Jeff would be fine with that. Oh, he would be. We drink too much, though, maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so 
Trivia. Emily got any trivia for this? I've got I've got, um, th- one, I've got three written down, but they're not like mind blowing ones. What one that I find quite interesting, but it's kind of one you might just figure out just watching the film, but um that every time someone's trying to uh, recite poetry, one way or another they're cut off right before they're ah, about to say it yeah. until Agatha ah. right at the end that gets to finish hers. But it's like sitting at a table or something like that. So what bit's that? And that that's Who at the end of the film. Oh, it's at the end. Well, uh, it's, it's, they're on the train, actually, yeah. Um, oh, right. And so she recites she's the long portrait. One from the east, then... one from the west. That one. She's, she's I think so, about... yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and then says... she's like... Very yeah, Gustav says, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that. I just think it's funny because how many times the portrait is said and you just kind of assume... They'll say it, but not if you do remember it. Every time it gets cut off for like a different reason. So, for every reason, it's funny as fuck. That's funny. As fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, you got him. I mean, uh, I mean, there's one point where he just kind of starts off and he starts off like the poetry, and he just goes, "Fuck." Oh. <laughs> that's so yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually sure that's a bit of poetry. It was, but it was. It was just kind of like. Um, Again, he was saying yeah, that was because we were kind in a kind of earlier life. And he was like, that's what we try and do. You know, that this life is so fucked up and full of shit, but there's always a glimmer right. of, that's what we try to provide in our own little insignificant. Oh, oh fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that, I've um, never noticed that though, Daz, that it's only Agatha that gets through a poem. That's good. Yeah. Right, I've got Wes Anderson wrote the newspaper articles all himself. Uh, maybe Is not he? a surprise once oh. you've seen it, but every newspaper that you see, there's uh, especially ones that you can kind of start to read. You know, you're given mm-hmm. more than a fucking second to read them. Um, there's, I noticed that one of the newspapers, I see the one they're reading in uh, prison, it's called Hard Times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All the articles that you can see, he wrote them himself. Another one is uh, Boy with Apple. Yeah. Um, you see it in the kind of later iteration of the hotel. Yeah. Uh, behind yeah. the concierge with the keys. Did you yeah. spot it on the back of the menu as well? No. Yes. No. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Wait, is that, is that the one? Yeah. Uh, Just when uh, down... Uh, Older Gustav, older, sorry, older Zero yeah. and young author are ordering food. No, right. that would have went right over my head because that's before it's significant in the story. So that's yeah, what I kept an eye out for it. Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely a rewatch kind of thing. But it's, yeah, it's printed on the menu almost like an emblem or a. Or a I don't it's, Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when you go to a funeral, that's where one of the pictures is there, right at the back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a little, like, uh, yeah, um, yeah so he's, he's, that's the importance of it. And yeah, I spotted that today. The second viewing of this week, not the first. <laughs> well, my second viewing ever, I spotted it. Ah, okay. Good on you. <laughs> any trivia, Tara? Not got any, actually. Um, I, I think just the more you watch it, the more you're kind of drawn into it. Right, well, next time you watch mm, it, look out for this. There's three, this is pretty 
geeky, and I'm not going to explain this well at all, but there's three screen aspect ratios used. Yeah. The and they're kind of like depending on the time that basically there's two that you really need to kind of see. So all the young zero stuff and young Gustav stuff, well, uh, sorry, young zero stuff is shot in a way that's narrower and taller. Right, so when you see like the the hotel and it's huge, and see when he's outside the jail as well, he's at checkpoint nineteen. You can pretty much see the whole height of this building, right. but you can't see the door that's like two meters that way. That's that aspect ratio, and that was kind of popular at the time of filmmaking. And then in the sixties or right. later on, you've you've kind of got the full width of your TV. So literally, when I'm watching on my TV, bits of the the two end bits are just black because that's the, the way it's shot. And then it's full width later Hi. on. So when oh. old, the old author's speaking. That's brilliant. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen that there was different kind of ratios throughout the film and I wasn't sure exactly what the kind of, what the meaning of it was. But now you're saying it, the time frames are kind of, if you made in, the film in the 30s, you would most likely have yeah, shot it in that ratio. Part of the, how, the, how the films were kind of... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fucking... Anderson. Like, but yeah, like it's, a, it's just I'm geeking out, yeah. is it, really? Yeah. I got a glimpse into his mind. Yeah. It would be crazy, wouldn't it? But if you think about his, <laughs> his symmetrical kind of eye would fit better in a... Or would it really? No, but it maybe a square... Closer to a square than a big white thing. Mm. But uh, white, there's uh, more chance for details, Dad. Yeah, I know. <sighs> but more chance for things not being symmetrical, though. Like a plant pot. But does he That's do the it? challenge. Does That's the love of the game. Has he, has he just done that with Grand Budapest, or has he actually implemented that through the rest of his universe? I no, don't I, know about. I've only noticed it with Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't think so, but definitely not in the animated ones. There's a mess around with those too much. move like his camera moves from one room to the other, to one scene to the other. Does yeah, and Darjeeling kind of just moves along a train. Yeah. So it's like the camera's outside the train. Yeah. Which you don't actually get. You get train shots on this movie, of course, but not in the way. But- the, the only one. similar things is is them being on, you know, where they're on the bunk beds. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that mm. in Darjeeling because they're they're going through, I think it's India, but they're going through on a big kind of backpacking mm-hmm. sort of journey. So they're on the trains a lot and there's yeah. a lot of um, conversations while they're on bunk beds. Yeah. Which you get that here as well. well. Never seen it, so... No, he's, he's excellent. Definitely like a genius. Right, so we're on next to Granger Gears. Uh, I'm going to say, this might be controversial for a Wes Anderson fan, but see when Owen Wilson popped up in this, kind of sighed a wee bit. I was like, oh. it, it was weird because I guess he kind of took over in the interim that the Gustav and that were, were, were gone. But he wasn't like... He only just showed up then. I don't know if it's a scheduling thing, but if he was showing up like earlier as like their other like 
one of the idiots running around getting told off by Gustav, it would have been okay. Yeah. But then he's there, and then he's just there later after um, uh, Zero inherits it. It's like, oh, so you just you just became the right hand man. Okay, I just you know it was it was a bit strange. I know, I know that during the whole. <laughs> It's Owen Wilson. It's a fucking Wes Anderson film. I know. I, I like it. I'm just saying this. Am I do not like Owen Wilson? It's not that I don't like Owen Wilson. It's just at that moment in time. You didn't like Owen Wilson? I felt like it was because you'd already kind of like, okay, so there was loads of um, <coughs> his, Hotel uh, his originals. And anyway, then, then you had the cross uh, Society of the Cross Keys where they squeezed in quite a lot of people and I was like, that's fine, okay. Right. And then this came after that and it was just Owen Wilson. I'm like, of course you're that. Of Who course. Would you have had? Who would you have had instead of him? I don't know. I don't know, but... but I, 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 I promise that instead of him, it's just that if he was set up, like, shown or more to be previously in the hotel already, it would right. be more yeah, more sense for his the, ascension It was the time, he just the time appears in charge. If he's ever yeah. from the start, I don't mind. Um, yeah, it was just. Owen Wilson is doing seven Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's a bit. More. There's I think a bit he actually had a had a role in writing one of the the, the first ones. Right. Yeah. Right. The older Zero goes to, and he's kind of like not happy with, and it is just a random. So maybe at that point you did just need a random to be on the concierge because. Yeah, but what? Yeah, why? Why wouldn't it be Owen Wilson? I don't know. I can't really answer that. I just um, yeah. that's my answer to this question. That it's just that it was that. But what were you saying, Tarek? Who's had more? Saying, who's had more Wes Anderson appearances? Bill Murray. Murray. Do you know? What? Or... Yeah. Bill Murray. One more. One more. Is it? Bill Murray. Hundred percent. Oh. And so MDL's got an answer for this. Any? No, I do. I do think it is. Yeah, plot I do think it's a very smooth movie. There was another, but actually, see when. Uh, oh, what's he? What was uh, Willem Dafoe's character again? Joplin. Joplin. So the prison escape has been uncovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ed Norton and his gang are in there in the room and they see it and then Joplin just turns up it was kind of a bit I know the, the scene was set up so he could find the Mendel's cake and then go there but why would he just get in a the prison like that especially when there's been <laughs> I, I did think it's a joke yeah. that like even like Henkels who is this high ranking uh, military officer is surprised by Joplin's ability to just Sneak in like he yeah. is this that level of elite. If this is like an action film, like John Wick sneaked into a place, you'd kind of okay, like yeah, you can see right. it. But he just, he just appears and he's one step ahead of the military. There's like <laughs> yeah. 30 guys yeah. who have already been there for like an hour and he just so finds the one clue and knows not, exactly where to go. Well, you think, <laughs> why is he there? Sorry, it's not seen before that where. He pops up, and then I kind of thought, "Well, how's he managed to do that?" Ah, oh, fuck! I can't remember what. Well, he, he, he sneaks up behind Goldblum after when he was chasing him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can I be honest? No, no. The thing that grinds my gears most about this film is that Ralph finds Ralph finds his character hard to die. Like it annoys me that he had to die because I hate how much like I love like this was a feel good film and then at the end you're mm-hmm. like oh. Like, yeah, it I does seem like a very stuff, like no, not weird stuff. twist the knife as well. He's like, oh, even Agatha, my son died. By the way, he was like, oh, oh okay. yeah, that, I don't think that was needed. Yeah, that was. I think sad. I think that's the melancholy colony that you get. Melancholy that you get Melon, with. Uh, yeah. I blocked uh, that out. Anderson, yeah. I've had to block that bit out because I'm like. But I think it's told in a way that it can be, as yeah. well. Okay, you get the Gustav when he's in tears about Agatha because uh, you know, obviously it's built up as something sad's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gustav is just, oh, they shot him. And so they kind of allow you to move on and or forget. Mm. But, yeah, I hear that. I could be doing out the sadness because it's such a bloody funny film. Yeah. But I suppose that's part of life. You get the good with the bad, and it's about the human frailties and human relationships, isn't it? So who would you say wins the movie then? Oh, Ray Fiennes, hundred million percent, <laughs> darling. Yeah, that would be me, darling. That would be me, darling. That would be me, darling. He does. He does accomplish a lot. Like he, he also oh, gets the boy and apple, but he gets a. A friend, someone actually understands him in, in zero as well, and he gets to actually leave stuff behind and to become one of the people who he was always wanting to be part of. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, he gets he gets the best of both worlds. He gets to have his cake and eat it too. Who who else would have played Ray Fines? Like if it wasn't him, who else could could have played that apart from Liberace? But he died. <laughs> I, I don't. I just don't know. I someone that could pull off that performance so well. I genuinely don't know. Like I don't I, unless it's somebody that just totally surprised you just with a, a other world kind of art and skull. You know? Nah. No, can't I can't think of anybody else. It's Mark because I wouldn't want to. Nah. He, yeah. Like, would anyone else say that Ray Fines didn't steal the show? He, he's not the is a large part of the reason I like this film. Yeah, zero, zero's brilliant in this as well. Yeah, and mm. who else has he been in? This guy. Okay, um, he's the kid. Much, the kid's does... been in Spider Man, the new ones. Go yeah. away. Is he? Oh, is he he's um... the the Billy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Flash Thompson. Flash. Flash. So he'll be in the, he'll be in like the spin-off of Venom and stuff like that. Right. Okay. I'll so, just I'll run through what he's been through. Right. Since this special right. delivery, which is a wee short. Uh, Umrika, Umrika, Umrika. Dope. The Fifth Wave. Lowriders. Take the Ten. Table Nineteen. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Please stand by. The Long Dumb Road, The Sound of Silence, Spider-Man Far From Home, Run, uh, The French Dispatch, Spider-Man No Way Home, and he will be in Asteroid City whenever that comes out. Who isn't in The Fresh Dispatch? That's my, that's why I don't yeah. know. 
Well, by the, when I walked through the cast earlier, there was it seemed to be split up in the different uh, like thing, like different maybe programs or elements within the film and the cast. Oh yeah, I, I, I do know. Uh, yeah, so it's about like this specific newspaper thing, and then those are like the three biggest stories that they've had. So they're three different like times. Okay. Okay. So like, like his stories like to be told in chapters and that, don't they? So yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know who's not in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's meant to be like four movies in one, so you can kind of... Uh, right. oh, Christ, no. That's so when are we going to watch that then? We're, we're going to see that without giving fucking YouTube more money. Zero was good, though. He did play a good role. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> kind of argue. I, I had Zero, but I kind of argue with Ray Fiennes. I mean, Ray Fiennes, like, uh, how could go you go on. from being, like, Voldemort to that? Like, come on. Mm. <laughs> like, that's something else. Like, Jesus Christ. Right, you was even him. Right. The prince, of, the, the prince of fucking darkness to the prince of rainbows. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> the prince of rainbows. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that would be me. And the else. And they are saying who's won what? Nah. 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 Wait. Nah. Right. Last chance to say anything else about this movie before we go to Bonwatch. This is, this is definitely my favourite Wes Anderson. Yep. Mine too. I'll say, I'll say that though, having not watched uh, Life Aquatic about, yeah, yeah. or French Dispatch. So. Uh, but sorry, these things could change. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. The, this one definitely rivals Fantastic Mr. Fox for me. But. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah. I've never Fantastic seen French Dispatch, but Life Aquatic's a lot slower. Harry's yeah. not a fan of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Why do you not like Fantastic Mr. He's a hater. rage in a wee bit. I didn't like any Wes Anderson stuff at all. Okay. Until I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox and then... Royal Tenenbaums, and then this. So this is my third. Wes Anderson. Mm. Yeah. So this is this is the best out of the three. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Fox potentially is getting there yeah. because this one's yeah. made that even better. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of progressing, which I would never actually say you need to be doing when you're when you're watching movies. Shouldn't be kind of watching other movies to make your previous movies better, but this does that. And you know that's what? someone that's said a... earlier, I think it might have been Kieran. Like, because I've watched this film about 20 different times with 20 different people, and you can watch it 20 different times with 20 different people and experience mm-hmm. different things. Like, because there's so much yes. in it, so much in it. Brilliant. Mm. Oh, uh, this is obvious then for everybody, but if you were recommending this somebody to watch this, burn it or buy it, what would you say, Amy? Burn it? I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> buy it. Yes. <laughs> burn it. We've I got think she speaks for us now. all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that. I mean, there's, there's people that just don't get Where's Anderson? I know, I know, and I don't get them, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, the this was the most like box office 
buys their money out of all the other ones. So there's something universal in this that might not have been in the other ones. You're right, Daz. People are catching on. I think it was more comedy. Yeah. The more comedy was in this. Yeah. And it was just... Best performances. Aye, definitely. It was... That is good. And I will definitely go back and buy this. Oh, good. Watch this again. I mean, like I said, watched it on Friday and then watched it again two days later. So good. Shit hot. Shit hot. Right, well, Baz, I think you've seen the same again. Dog. Yeah. Pale. Shit hot. Right. (laughs) Amy won the quiz, but she's not here. She kind of put her hand in this. Bag, no. bag. I don't even know what's in that bag, Kieran, so you just put your hand <laughs> in. You, you don't want to know. I don't. Right. So in this bag, Amy, is all the suggestions that we've had from people over there. The piece. Yep. And this one is... Well, this one's been suggested by a couple of other people. It's been suggested by Andy Weir and it's been suggested by Frank Henry. It's hereditary. Ooh. I don't know a lot about. Never heard of it. Let me just pull this up. It's a twenty eighteen. I've seen it before. Well, Frank does have a lot of kids, so that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) This film's not for kids. Let's just put it that way. Uh, It's an American. It's psychological horror. Wow. uh, Directed by Ari Aster in his his first film by him. Members of a family haunted by a mysterious presence after the death of their secretive grandmother. Oh, fucking brilliant. No, this is... I've said this before, like in real life, like, like that's, that's their disservice. These Ari Aster two films are... No, they're made by A24, which is kind of like this kind of... Not artsy studio, but definitely kind of alternative one. So these are the ones, the movies that are rechanging horror and for people that don't like horror will like this and all that kind of stuff. So that, like that. you'll you'll like this film, but uh-huh. like that just seems like the most kind of, like just the premise alone saying that seems like pretty down the road, schlocky kind of horror where it's just, oh, these things are coming to get you because the grand did this or something like that. But no, it's more. It's more than that. So have you seen yeah. it? I've seen this, yes. I've seen Ari Aster's other film, Midsummer, as well. Midsummer. A bunch of times. Okay, okay, good. Okay, so we've got a wee in there. What's Ooh. your thoughts on it, Tarek? Oh, fuck me, man. Well, exactly. <laughs> I would like, like to watch this with you, Dad. <laughs> you would or you wouldn't? I would. Yeah. No, you, you no. can left by your own. Get Brandon in. Frank <laughs> Henry nominated it, so we'll wait and see what the fucking. What Did you he's not got like there. horror then, Tarek? Is that what you're saying? Me, I, I, I don't like being scared. No. I, I mean, uh, if I wanted to be scared, I'd just be scared. I'd just yeah, walk I just. I like horror. horror, but Tom will not watch horror with me. But his reason is because he thinks it's ridiculous, whereas I think he's shite feared. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I'm shite feared. I don't like this girl. Again, this is not <laughs> like just standard kind of like ghosts or um, monsters or something like that where it's just silly on the face of it. It seems to be more kind of 
More, more creepy, dumb. I guess. Am I going to be scared? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I don't think it's not bad <laughs> guys chasing me. them. But no, it depends no. on what you find scary. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of an alternative thing. So it's like, it's more messed up. That's that's the way I describe it. It's messed up. Right. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Izzy will be cradling you instead of the twins. Basically. Oh, looking yeah, forward to this then. Right. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing here, don't keep it a secret. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Keep the suggestions coming in. We're about to record a Patreon episode in which we watch Tarig watching horror movies back to back. So goodbye from me. Goodbye, Darren. Say goodbye. Goodbye, Amy. Love it to have you on. Say goodbye. Tati, bye. Hi, last one to talk. On the sheep shaggers. <laughs> <laughs>